Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the war master Horus and his three brothers, Mortarian, Fulgrim and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless, after the Emperor's favoured son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker, under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 35 of the Radio Freest Van podcast. My name's Michael, and I got my co-host Ryan here. What's going on, everybody? And uh, we're a Horace Heresy podcast, guys. Uh, and you're actually on episode 35, so if you're just getting in, you missed quite a bit of episodes. You might want to go back, because we're about to have a whole bunch of like inside jokes we're going to be throwing around especially concerning last episode, episode 34. But I mean, <laughs> we do have a pretty nice little episode. Could we call this a two-parter? Is it's, this like a two-parter? Yeah, I feel like you should go to that last episode. If you haven't listened to that last episode, stop right now, hit the pause button. And, uh, well, I guess if you hit the pause button, you wouldn't know what to do now. But just go back <laughs> go back one episode and because uh, we got some things we got to discuss. Um, so anyway, anyway. Uh, what do we got for you guys? So obviously we're gonna do our normal intro where we talk about shit not thirty k related. I think that's just kind of like, you know, it's become a thing. It's become a thing. It's all right. Uh, then we're gonna go over some hobby progress, what we're working on. Uh, y'all brought it, y'all brought it back with some voicemails this time around. So we've got some some voicemails to listen to. One, one really one stands out, and y'all y'all will hear it. It's. Uh, <laughs> I like. We'll hear it. Uh, then we got a death I guard with a gun. <laughs> just, just put that out there. Just tossing it out there. Just, just throwing it out there. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty within reach at all times. <laughs> so we got a death guard thousand point list, and we have a it's it's we have a death guard thousand point list, and also a black shield thousand point list, and go either way that we're gonna be going over. An Iron Fire or Iron Warriors Iron Fire, twenty five hundred point list, and a twenty two fifty militia list. We're gonna go over. No, yeah. it's so is it? Yeah, it's militia. You're right. You're right. All day. So, I guess just hang on, guys. Let's uh, let's just jump into this. So, for starters, how's your day going, Ryan? How, how how's how's life treating you? <laughs> <laughs> so close I don't know why that's so funny. Uh, it's been good, man. Like today is actually, cause we're recording on a uh, Thursday, but it's my last day at work. So it's really kind of feels like a Friday. I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. Me so, uh, my buddy Scott is, uh, coming up to have lunch with me and we're going to pick up my other friend, uh, Chris Duncan. We're going to hang out tomorrow. Just kind of have like guys day, go to the diner, get some tenderloins. Nice. Come back here. Maybe do some hobbying play some board games, do something, hang out. Um, Have you played that board game Scythe? No. I keep hearing uh, Zach talking about it. Yeah. Never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. (laughs) So, got that planned for tomorrow, which should be a lot of fun. I like hanging out with those two dudes. Um, Scott was the one that called in about the uh, Chlamydia cat story, by the way, for those. So, uh, 
Is he the one he's I got, played in uh, uh, at the Circle City Heresy? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Iron on the team game. Yeah. On the team, team game. Yeah. 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 That was Scott. Okay. Cool. Cool dude. Yep. Real nice guy. Um, so doing that, um, everything else was pretty, you know, normal, boring day. Just got up, did typical shit, went to work, worked on some models. That's about it. That sounds like a good day. My day started at a four twenty-five this morning from an international call from Australia. That's how my day started. <laughs> I heard about this. So yeah, so I've always told Tim from I Horus to like, you know, whenever they're recording, they sometimes they they sip a little bit of too much of Grandpa's medicine. Yep, and uh, they start calling people, and I was like, "Hey man, just one day give me a call because I want to hear like." The shit I blabber out whenever it's four twenty-five in the morning, and they sure as fuck did. And <laughs> I remember bits and pieces of it, so I'm actually looking forward to hearing it on their cast to see what I sound like at four o'clock in the morning. I feel like we we I don't even remember what the talk the talking points were. I'll still wake up. They kind of told me uh, some things you said. It's pretty funny. Nice. I say they, it was really Tim, because Michael doesn't really exist. He's like, uh, if you've seen that movie Fight Club, Michael is Tyler Durden. I'm convinced of it. It's it's like a conspiracy. Like, call Alex Jones. Alex Jones would know. <laughs> and there's two of them, but it's actually just Tim by himself. <laughs> Black helicopters. I have the documents right here. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's FEMA just... camps. Michael's from a FEMA camp. <laughs> he's got the real michael tied up in a damn cellar <laughs> <laughs> so we know your secret tim you can't fool yeah. everybody he's just like you know like changes his voice like it's it's just like fight club just watch fight club that explains it all i feel like tim's a maturing candidate and he's just waiting for that one song to trigger him he's gonna go kill some uh I don't know, some ambassador to Australia. That's his only purpose. So anyway, but yeah, I woke up <laughs> super early to do that. Um, went back to bed, went to work today, and it is also my Friday. I am off tomorrow. We're recording super early. And, you know, today I got to sit, cause it was a pretty pretty laid back day. And you know when your mind gets a hold of something and it just doesn't stop thinking about that one thing? So that happened to me today. And... In my head, I wrote a script for this movie we talked about last episode, <laughs> and I want I want to pitch you the idea on like how it would work, and like I've got it so down packed. Like we could do like a B movie levels like like movie, and then we can take that movie and like we could set it up for a ridiculously good sequel. And like I don't know. Are, do Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear it on this? Let's episode? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. For starters, the year the year is twenty forty four. So two thousand forty four, okay. right? We got the most modern military. It, okay, hold on. Let me just let me back it up a little bit. So the the movie pitch we're doing here. Okay, never mind. You know what? I'm just gonna go back in. If you don't know what we're talking about, then you need to go an episode back. Anyway, yeah. Years twenty forty four, right? Okay. All right. All of our military started out with the Marines in like twenty thirty nine or something like that all the Marines had a neural network in their brain implanted, right? And okay. so they're all 
implanted. They are all networked together, and they all have like this like hive mentality and idea. Like they they're all like computer networked in their heads, so they can all chat with each other and all this stuff in the battlefield. And then so t- by the time twenty forty four, our army has it, our navy has it, the marines have it, the air force has it. Everybody's all neural networked together. And so we're such a badass military force that like there's kind of like this peace, like this peace and lull, right? Okay. So global warming continues to happen. It's, you know, 2044 at this point. So the oceans start warming up. Okay. And so there's this like this lull. Well, out of the ocean deep, ancient. Cthulhu. Not not Cthulhu. Okay. You remember Met- Metroid, the big giant like jellyfish looking thing? So, yeah, Mother Brain. Yeah, so imagine mother brains, but just like just peak of peak of evolution jellyfish that just okay. hover, hover on electricity and just start coming out of the ocean, right? The earth <laughs> All right. the earth is now warm enough for them because they go into hibernation every ice age. And so they've been in hibernation since the last ice age. All right. And like now it's finally warm enough to where they can start coming out. And they've got electric brains that like they they're just like giant jellyfishes that control magnetism and electricity right okay and so at first we're like you know what we don't know what these are we're not gonna fuck with them we're not gonna do anything and then one of them gets hit by a ship like a ship just crashes into it and so it immediately magnetizes the ship and like it implodes and like graviton implodes just crushes it because of all the steel inside the ship okay all right so then it's like all-out war is declared on these jellyfish and they're just instinctual, so all they know is, I don't know what's attacking me, but I recognize this impulse of electricity in their brains, so let me just go ahead and fry all this electrical impulse, and <laughs> just kills off 90% of our military. Just it's like, oh, because it's like an EMP pulse, and it yeah. fries all their brains. Boom. And then they start attacking cities, because they realize like that these cities are like where these beings live that attack them. And so they don't really know what's going on. They're just instinctual beings running around. Well, what about as they eat things, they get smarter. Like, they, like, gain intelligence as they eat stuff. I dig it. We'll throw that in there, too. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, so, they, the, the, Amer- the United States... Has there been nudity or not to this point in the movie? Of course. Okay. So, I already had... All right. Yeah. Just checking. All right, cool. We're on the same page. Okay. So, the United States is thrown into this dark ages because they have no more satellites. They have no more way to communicate out. Pretty much all of their computers and stuff are gone. So all they have is okay. old files, and they're just going through trying to think to it's themselves. It's like North Korea. We're like North Korea yeah, now. Yeah, we're pushed back, you know? And they realize that these monsters or these jellyfish won't go beyond a certain point on, like, they won't leave, they won't go so many miles away from the equator because they can't handle cold weather very well. So they just kind of hang around, like, Mississippi. That's as high as they'll go. Okay. So the, the north, is America, is safe. Like, they're kind of safer, and okay. so they have pl- they have times to plot and like plan. So they go through these old Cold War files, right? And they realize they can't use like their normal tanks or anything like that because steel is so magnetic. So they they have to find something, you know, titanium or aluminum or something. You know, something that's a lot less magnetic than steel. So they're going through these old files, right? And they're flipping through, flipping through, flipping through, and they find an old Cold War Cold War project called Operation Steelfoot. And they're like what is Operation Steelfoot? And they're trying to go through, and everything's blacked out, everything's redacted. There's no, They have no information. All they know is there's a warehouse that they can go look in to find okay. all this titanium that was purchased for this project, right? Okay. So 
It's like we have to get to this. We have to get to this area. We have to go into this warehouse, and we have to try and like find out find some titanium. So they <laughs> get to this warehouse, and inside the warehouse, boom, like five hundred mechs, right? Okay. And it's the year twenty forty four. So they're like, "What the fuck are these? Everything's automated to this point." So like, humans have no fucking idea. Like how to even get these things started. They don't know about keys. They don't know about driving. They don't know about handles. Everything's automated for them. They're used to neural networks and computers and all that stuff. So they start doing the research and they realize these mechs are the exact same controls as an excavator. (laughs) Which by this point, 2044, excavators are old news, buddy. And if you can drive one, you must be redneck as shit. (laughs) (laughs) So they start finding redneck excavator drivers to pilot these mechs. Well, I drove a track loader, but I can drive an es- I can drive an excavator too. Well, track loader too. Whatever. You know. Okay. Track loader, excavator, whatever. So anyway, the plan is they need to get a communication open with Russia because Russia's safe. Like it's cold as fuck over there. These these giant jellyfish brains aren't even bothering them in Russia. They're not even worried, nothing. So the idea is we need to communicate with them, get a communication out so that we can tell them what their weaknesses that we found and try and communicate is out. Is Putin still alive? Has he like had his head yeah. sewn onto like the body of a bear yeah, it's with m- like some cybernetics or something? Yeah, it's mega. And mega- it's like a judo a judo bear that rides a horse. He's just cloned. It's a cloned Putin. Okay. But he cloned himself and then removed his brain and put it in the new Putin. Okay. Okay. So it's clone. It's Super Putin. So anyway, okay. <laughs> so Super Putin's alive, and we know we got to get a message out to Super Putin, and so we're going to use the old World War II like uh, line that goes across the sea. Like we're going to try and Morse code it out. Okay. And so anyway, so there's this great battle, right? These these rednecks get trained up. They're in these titanium shell like mechs. They fight the jellyfish. They kill them. They get the message out, and you end the movie with like an operator like listening to like the Morse code, and it's like, sir, like plans plans are coming in, and like some plans get like faxed over like the old fiber line or something, and so then Putin gets like these plans to build mechs, and he's like, yes, yes, we could do this. We and then like the massive Russian military complex like gets spun up. It's like we're gonna okay. we're gonna beat these jellyfish, and that's that's like the next one. And then it's like the movies just keep coming, like it's like a giant episodes. That's my pitch. Like that's where, like the, of course the battles are gonna be like in there, and they're gonna be badass and all this stuff, and like people are gonna die that you really care about and all this stuff. People who have daughters, I'm sure, who like told their daughters they'll be home. Basically, the script from Armageddon, but they're gonna be in mechs fighting jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> all right so, so like we just got to get like joe rogan to go pitch this like <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get him well did you get high with joe rogan or come up with that or like did you do some fucking uh ayahuasca with a little bit of fucking dmt i'm just something? saying i'm just saying <laughs> did you eat something weird and then like go to sleep on it and well dude dream like, that i was trying to think like how to get how would like why in the world would the military use like rednecks to to pilot these mechs? Like why would they go searching for like 
excavator pilots or like you know or i guess track loaders or whatever and then i was like oh well the military something has to happen to the military and like there's just and it's like well why would they like just not use tanks i was like okay they crush tanks so you got to make them special there's a lot of things i had to like figure out like why they would do it a certain way so you jump to electric giant jellyfish (laughs) yeah man okay because then it could then, then that's like a common enemy that everybody hates then you have like you have like an alien source Okay. So I'm going to need a check for $500,000 <laughs> made out to cash. <laughs> made, uh, made out to steal foot, the movie. <laughs> well, I got a friend that's a, a Nigerian uh, prince. So he says he's got a kind of bunch of money. So I'll talk to him and try to get you financed. <laughs> All you got to do is just get his, uh, give him, uh, send him $300 over Western Union and he'll get you, go- he'll get you going. <laughs> he'll get you going. So anyway. So yeah, that that was my plan. That's my that's my that's my pitch. We probably lost like sixty viewers to steal foot. <laughs> <laughs> this is people's first episode. They're like, "What the fuck are we listening to?" <laughs> uh, so crazy. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I guess we should start talking about some hobby progress. About that, <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> I'm sorry, new listeners. This is like I had. To... <laughs> I'm fucking dying over here. It's so goofy. Anyway, yeah. So, what'd you work on? Uh, I've been building that Warlord Titan, buddy, and spilling oh, okay. spilling AK Interactive all over my desk. You saw that? Yeah, he spent it all over his shiny uh, his uh, Macintosh computer, and now it has AK Interactive streaking grime all over it. So it's a grim dark uh, Apple product, which is the funniest thing ever. Yep. So I spilled uh, streaking grime all over my MacBook Pro. You should show that to an Apple genius at their little genius bar at their, like, stuck-up fucking store and see if their face melts because you have dirt on your Apple product. <laughs> nah, I think they'll be... I think they'll just judge me immediately. <laughs> so, but yeah, I've been... Uh, the, for that, what I was doing, I was using AK Interactive. I put together this Mastodon. I got to paint it up this, like, Mechanicus Gray that I found. It's like got its first coat of Mechanicus Gray and now I was doing AK Interactive. I was paintbrushing it on while I was waiting for you and then uh, I spilled it all over my desk. But Oops. other than that, me and Derek have been putting together that dead warlord terrain. And so like for that dead warlord, we built the building up and so Derek is like really like thoughtful about whether or not it'll be a playable piece because it's a two by two square that has to be playable as well as like have a giant dead warlord in the middle of it so the footprint on the first floor is only a like four inch by four inch building and then the six inch like diameter feet like it's like there's only like six twelve like twenty square 20 square inches of like not playable space. Okay. On the first That's floor. Good. Everything else is elevated above that. So you can move your models inside the building and underneath the warlord and all that stuff. That's cool. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Still very playable. Uh, I did not realize how many pieces the fucking warlord Titan was. Yeah, it's a lot. So that's kind of being a pain in the ass. So, like, try to get everything fitted and all that jazz. We're putting it together really quickly, so 
I'm pretty sure I'm going to be forgetting something, and I'm pretty sure somebody's going to come to the event and be like, well, why, where are his pistons here? He doesn't have these pistons. Well, it's, he's wrecked. <laughs> he's wrecked. Like blo- they got blown <laughs> off or vaporized. Electric <laughs> jellyfish ate him. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm also not really sure like how to uh, paint his actual metal parts. So I'm a little bit... I, I was going to do the rust, but I, don't, I think the... I don't know. I'm not sure how that would look. So I'm a little bit wary of painting it with the real rust on his actual like. I wouldn't metal. do the whole thing like that. No. Well, I was gonna do all the metal parts at, and then paint his like uh, his shoulder pads and like his armor plates that mechanicum gray. Hmm. But I don't know. I still got to figure out how I'm gonna do that. I would AK interactive him, but you know, I think I spilled, I spilled most of it on my desk. <laughs> so I'd have to order some more of that. But, but yeah, if you go, I'll, I'll post up some pictures of what the Warlord looking, is looking like so far. Uh, I have his, like, he's not going to have any guns. Uh, all of his guns are going to be removed except for his hand. And if you look at it, you can see his hand is basically holding onto the building, like, as he was falling back after he got blasted by the Ordinatus. Yep. And so, like, I want to make it look like his hand is, like, really supporting him. And, like, when the Mechanicum was like, okay, go ahead and remove all his weapons. And they took everything off and they, like, went to remove his hand. And they're like, hold on. This is load-bearing. <laughs> just, <laughs> just leave it. We'll make another one. There's an OSHA guy out there yelling at him. <laughs> but also, if y'all are out there listening right now and you have some uh, idea of plastic scaffolding, I'm up for... I'm up for uh, for suggestions, because I would like to find some plastic scaffolding. I've seen... Um, There's that uh, power plant. There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's that... What's the name of that company? They do like a... Uh, I got some of it over there, I think. Um, We'll talk after the... I don't want to... I, I got some stuff over here on my train shelf that I think will work. I can show you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for... I'm up for buying some... I uh I want to make his levels playable. Like I want it to look like the Mechanicum came in there with their non-floaty robots and like climbed up on scaffolds and like removed pieces and shit like that or like had their giant spider monster thing come in and graviton things out of the way. So anyway, so yeah, Deb been working on Dead Macedon and Dead Warlord Titan. What have you been working on? Well, unfortunately, not Black Shields. I had to uh, go back and work on my Blood Angels because of the what we talked about last episode. So I ended up painting like seven, seven or eight Blood Angel Veteran Tactical Marines. Yep. Hang on, I found it. This stuff. You ever seen that stuff? Is that uh, wood... Like the nope. MDF. That's one? plastic. It's plastic. Yeah, send me that. Okay, hang on. What company makes that? I'm looking right now. Ralpartha. No, I have some of this stuff. It's it's pretty cool stuff. It just comes like on sprues where you can build whatever you want out of it. Um, it's called Platformer. Is the name of the company. Cool. I can look uh, it up. Uh, Platformer. Technolog modular plastic terrain set, and they also make a chemical plant one. And you can get these things for super cheap. This is the chemical plant one. It's got like tanks and pipes and shit, and a couple catwalks. 
Oh, I definitely want those catwalks. I'll look so, it up. Okay. So you painted but, up uh, Blood Angels? Yeah, painted up Blood Angels. I ordered a bunch of uh, those mechs from Australia for Battletech, the ones that are... <laughs> he took the video game, the MechWarrior Online video game, and took the 3D models in that and 3D printed them and then made molds of them. So they are just a much better sculpt, like updated version of the older models. So they're pretty baller. So I'm really, really happy with the ones I got today. I showed up in the mail today and I was blown away by the quality. Do you have one? Do you have one in front of you or around you? Uh, no, it's in the other room. I can go get it if you want to monologue for 20 seconds. Yeah, sure. So yeah, just sitting here talking like, <laughs> talking like a serial killer. Waiting for Ryan to get back. He's going to go get... We'll, we'll go ahead and post a picture for you guys. That way you guys can see it too. And uh, see this sweet, sweet mech that Ryan's talking about. And possibly, you know, a piece that's going to be in my movie. Man, I should say something that Ryan doesn't... Never mind. He's back. Everybody act cool. Act cool, guys. Hey, you're back. I'm back. <laughs> oh, trying to find one that has. I said we're gonna post pictures of these for everybody. Oh well, they can get on eBay and find them. The guy's eBay store is crazy kangaroo. He's out of Australia that does them. But the cool thing about it is, like different mechs have like different variants, like different weapon loadouts and stuff. So normally, like when a company sells. The model it just comes like one variant, like the more popular variant or whatever. This guy actually includes like all the weapon options where you can swap them out. They're in a ton of pieces, man. It's kind of hard to... Here, maybe you can see the detail on some of them. Oh, they're tiny. Yeah, th well, this is, yeah, this is the torso. So that's just the torso of one. Oh, it's metal or resin? Metal. So here's a leg. <laughs> Very cool. Leg. But, um, so pretty awesome. Like, if you look at these compared to the standard models, these are far superior. They look a lot better. Much more updated. But I'm pretty pumped. So after I get done, basically with Stiff and Adepticon, and I get a little lull, I'll build and paint these things. I think they'll go pretty quick. Um, just because, you know, it's like kind of like painting an epic model or something like that. Right. And uh, a pretty, like, you, you never, you very rarely play with more than, like, I don't think I've ever played a game with more than like six models you can play with more than that the depends on what era you play battletech's and eras the older you play the shittier the technology is so like you can't like hit each other very easy because you're all like crappy shots then when you do like the weapons don't do as much damage but you still have tons of armor so it's like takes fucking forever so you don't want to play with very many models the the more advanced the timeline becomes shit becomes more deadly like things hit a lot harder and are more accurate. So you can kill shit a lot faster. So you can play with more stuff. 
So it really just kind of depends on what you like. It's more forgiving. And the, the older you play, the more forgiving it is. You're just adding fuel to my movie. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so I got these today. That's that's like non-30K stuff, but it is hobby stuff. So I did that, and then, like I said, painted a bunch of Blood Angel veterans. I'm hoping uh, next week I should get some more done. It probably won't be next week. Probably the first week of January, I'll get all those Blood Angels done, and I'll be able to start back on Black Shields. The plan is I need to have all the Black Shield infantry done by the end of the second week of February to have any hope of getting it done for Stiv. You got it. I believe in you. Because I still got to do the vehicles and stuff for the army. And I still... Tomorrow... uh, I'll probably work on this while Chris is over here hanging out. This is a uh, Avenger Strike Fighter I'm holding up. Probably build that tomorrow. Mm-mm-mm. Get it primed. You're That's pretty be, much it. You're running three in your list, right? Three Avengers? Yes. That's brutal. Mm-mm. Well, I, I couldn't do anything crazy because the way, the way Blood Angels work, you have to have an equal number of... Legion of Stardust units, and you do non-Legion of Stardust units. So in order to go from 2,500 to 3,000 points, I basically just had to make squads bigger. You see what I'm saying? Because you can't... Like, if I add, wanted to add a whole different type of vehicle, then now I have to paint this whole other Legion of Stardust unit that I don't already have. And I'm already painting some. So I really didn't have much of an option other than to, like, find... Like, that was... The only reason I could even make it to 3,000 was because I was only running two before... So it's like a way to throw in an extra something just to make the squad larger without having to paint another unit to offset it. Damn, dude. I wonder why Blood Angels have that rule. Um, I don't know. Just every Legion has a little drawback. It's not bad. Like, it's it's like I actually like working around it. It's kind of fun. It makes it interesting. It's more of a challenge to build a list. Um, and it forces you to take infantry, which is like our Legion of Stardust units, not necessarily infantry, which is fine. Like I like doing that anyway. Like I, it doesn't appeal to me. Like I run armored breakthrough with my blood angels, but there's a lot of things that aren't armor. You know, I got like a ton of bikes, a ton of infantry mounted in rhinos and stuff, right. which I would do that anyway. Like even if I wasn't playing blood angels, didn't have to do it. I would still do it just because I like of, you know what I mean? I like playing a varied army. I'm not just all about like, let's just run all predators and this and that. Like there's something to be said for that. And if you like playing that way, you know, I'm not a hater or whatever. It's just not for <laughs> me. No, I feel you, man. I, uh, I played dreadnoughts. So blood angels, dreadnoughts. So I definitely know how to get around the old blood angels rule. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, it, it normally wouldn't be in it. It's just cause I'm so crunched for time. Cause I got to, I had to, you know, paint up the additional 500 points amongst all my other projects that I'm working on to get all these other armies done for all these events coming up um, within a couple weeks because it's the events on January 14th. Like I said, I believe in you. If that's all you need, <laughs> what's well, it's definitely like the stuff I'm taking to Michigan will, will for sure be done. Like, like I said, I think I have 10 or 12 Marines to paint and then get this Avenger done as well. Um. Which, if I don't get this Avenger done, I have a friend with another one I can borrow. But I'd, you know, I'd like to get mine done. And I don't, 
I don't think I'll have that big of an issue. Because like I said, I, I have a feeling I can get those Marines done basically the first week of January and still have some time to spare. And then I'll have a whole nother like week and a half to work on this before the 14th and get it done. And then when I get back from that event, I'll have the second half of January and then most of February to try to get all the infantry done for the Black Shields. And if I can get stay on that timeline, I should be good and get everything done. Otherwise, it's going to get to the point where if we run into March and I'm behind, I'm going to have to like figure out something <laughs> to get extra hours to work on stuff. Damn it, boy. I still need to get you a team tournament list. I still haven't even thought about that. Nope. We gotta we gotta brainstorm that. We gotta brainstorm something. But anyway, speaking of hobby progress, man, I did want to give a shout out. So James Dean, we did a Alpha Legion list for him a while back. Yeah, the squat the squat one. Yeah. So guys, if you're out there listening, we did a Alpha Legion list for him and he was using the sacrificial offering right of war. And he was using militia. I think you have to use militia, actually. He was yep. using the militia as the sacrificial offering, and his idea was he was going to use like these squats, like basically the last of the squats were going to be this sacrificial offering for the Alpha Legion. Well, James built up these squats and made this Aegis defense line. I don't even know how it came up, but the idea came up to basically have like a wall of martyrs with squats, dead squats all over the wall. Hmm. And he did that. So we actually posted them up on our Facebook page. I think you should go check them out if you're at all interested in badass hobby stuff. Go check out the Facebook page. Dude, James, you did a fucking fantastic job on those models, especially those walls. They look so gruesome. And so... Yeah, it does. It looks really good. He did a really good job. And he's gotten quite a few comments and likes on it, too, on our page. I just imagine, like, because you see all these, like, dead squats, like, filling in the place of, like, sandbags and shit. And so, like, you know, there's, like, some hard-ass commander It's like, he's fucking dead. He's fucking dead. There's nothing you could do to save him. He's dead. Like, some of these dudes have, like, <laughs> massive-ass holes punched in them where, like, you know they got shot with a bolter round. And so it's like, there's nothing you could do. Prop that fucking body up there. And, like, just <laughs> some poor other little squatch just crying. Just <laughs> Here's my best friend. But... Yeah. Oh, I wanted to. I seen a lot of people gave me nice comments on my black shields too. So everybody that you know told me they liked them or whatever. Thanks. <laughs> Same. Like, pretty cool. Made me feel pretty good to get a lot of people talking about them. Yeah, man. You always you always throw out top notch shit. Good job, buddy. I don't know about that. <laughs> I do throw a lot of shit, but it's not always top notch. <laughs> Super good. So yeah, go check that out, guys. If you want to see Ryan's Black Shields as well, they are on our Facebook page. Both of those are on our Facebook page, and that's just a good type in Radio Free Fan on Facebook. Yeah. I guess while we're doing this, we can talk to uh, Samuel Pedro. Uh, he sent us in a really cool battle report in an email, so we're going to post that on our Facebook page too, so you guys can check out his battle report. He's Bethrep. He's he wrote it all out. It's a huge fucking battle report too. Yeah. Yeah, he had pictures and shit too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was the guy that uh, used to live here in Bloomington, and then he went away. Then he went away, but he said he'll come back and visit. So maybe we'll, I'll 
get a game in with him one day. He'll hopefully. be at the next Circle City Heresy. Maybe. So. We can pitch him movie ideas. Yeah. And feed him some raspberry lemonade candy corn and tenderloins. I think I'm down to like two pounds of that now. <laughs> it's it's right next to the Warlord Titan, like where we're building it on my like living room thing table. Does Derek eat it too? Does he like it too? Yeah, yeah. The first time he tried it, he's like, I was like, <laughs> I said, hey man, do you want some candy corn? He's like, no, thank you. I'm not a candy corn person. I was like, no, do you want some blue blue raspberry candy corn? He's like, uh... I guess, yeah, sure. He left with like a cup, like full of a like, like half <laughs> half a plastic cup full, and he was just like eating. He's like, "These are really good." I was like, "Yeah, I know." I was like, "I can't stop them. I can't quit them." So, but yeah, we just munch on them the whole time. That little candy shop makes some good shit. Yep. So, all right. So anyway, man, I feel like we're I feel like we're rolling too fast. I feel like we're rolling through this shit like. Unusually really quick. Oh, we, this is the other thing we need to bring up. Do it. So, because we got to talk about last last week's episode again. We remember when we were kind of just going back and forth. We were talking about uh, the new knight Porphyron, how it didn't have a close combat weapon, so it's just like kicking you at AP dash and shit, like a Leviathan, whatever. Yes, I do remember that. We were only half right. So obviously, Leviathans do like with no weapons, new no close combat weapons do just kick you at AP dash, even though they're strength eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. But someone pointed out to us that super heavy walkers, it just in their generic rules, if you get in the big rule book, they have the smash special rule. And right. um, it, anything that has smash uh, treats all of its close combat attacks as AP2, regardless of whether you're smashing or not. So the P- Porphyron's basic close combat attacks are AP2. I think, I mean, I, we don't, it's not that big a deal. Like my point still stands. I think like it's not that many of attacks. You know what I mean. So it's like you're still like you don't want to be in close combat with that thing at all, regardless. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're the enemy, then you definitely want to be in combat with it. Yeah, you'd much rather be, you know, kicked at at a cut with a couple weapon skill four, AP two attacks than get shot with basically four twin link demolisher cannon shots. Yeah, definitely all day, every day. Yeah, so you can't tie it up, I guess, as easy as I thought, like with attack marine squad, whatever. But like, I mean, it it's still like my point still stands on it's not it's not like a great close combat threat. Like nobody's gonna come after you. It's not like one with the D sword or whatever. We got to worry about your primark getting just you know cut up with the D weapon before he fights or whatever in close combat. Have you seen that? Like people are already getting theirs. Like they're already there. Like uh huh. I think Samson got his. I, I think yeah, I think he got his today. Yeah, like, that's an insane turnaround time on shipping for the Porphyron. I was looking at like the size comparison to some of them because that was like last week. It just dropped last week. They ordered it on Saturday. Yeah, and it's only Thursday. That's insane. Um, I mean, if they got them ready to go, um, especially with I mean, Christmas, take... like all the other Christmas orders too. I don't know, man. I mean, it's not that big a deal if it's like, the express shit. Like that's normal. Like, if you get an expert ship? It's fast as fuck. Never gotten anything from Forge World that fast. Never I have. Anything. So, I don't know. Have you seen the size of it? Like, it's like Warhound size? Like, Yeah, we talked about that. I I don't... I'm not a fan, but whatever. Of the size or what? Or the look? Yeah. I, no, I love the model. I just wish it was slightly smaller. Why? I, we didn't talk about this. 
Because it's like the, all the fluff, like the reason Titans have like three crew members and all this like advanced whatever and the machine spirit and all that is because it's supposed to be this, because it's so big and so sophisticated and like not one guy can pilot it. Okay. And also like indentured night houses are like used as bodyguards for Titans because they're smaller and more expendable and not as like a big a deal as losing a Titan. Okay. So it seems weird to me to make something that's like more rare and valuable and larger than a Titan. That's not a Titan. I wouldn't say it's more rare and valuable. I don't know. It just seems weird. It just does not fit anywhere in the previous fluff. It's like they just decided to make a giant model because they're into making giant models. Hmm. I suppose so. I guess because you're you, like knights are used like in areas that there isn't like Titan support, like where it's like, hey, guard this planet for the next thousand years. Okay, not a problem. So you got to have something, some sort of big thing. Like you can't always rely on like Adeptus Titanicus. I don't know. Like I said, I mean, everybody. Like I like the model. I think it's cool. I just wish it was a little smaller. I just don't. It doesn't fit the previous fluff that they've written for knights and like it's like okay well if you could make something this big that only requires one pilot what, what, <laughs> what why don't you just retrofit a fucking warhound so it has one guy in it that would be way more efficient yeah that would actually be pretty efficient i don't know i guess now it doesn't make sense to me oh well I mean, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't like, it's not like somebody plays it. And I'm like, quit ruining my immersion. Like, slot it <laughs> off the table. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really care. It is what it is. I know you but I, I, I did think the more I thought about it, cause we talked about it last week, but the more I thought about it, kind of wish it was like 505 points just so you couldn't take it at 2000. I think it's kind of a, cause if you think about it, it's like right at like it's 495. So you'll be able to take it at 2000 points. Yep. I'm not sure if I like that. Why? Just because it's ten, strength 10 blast coming at you? Well, it's like, cause it's just kind of a low, like, it's one of those things, it's like, you know what I mean? At, at 2,000 points or less, it's kind of rough to deal with something like that. Unless you, like, really, I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about it, but there's certain things that are really going to struggle with dealing with something like that. I'm trying that to think look. what else cost 495 points. That's just as brutal as that. I guess it's not a lot. Range range strength 10 is pretty, like, I'm thinking, like, Typhon. Well, it's, the thing is, it shoots 72 inches. It's four strength 10 AP2 shots that are twin-linked. And then it also has, the. I think the last cannons cost points, so you couldn't upgrade those, right? No. Or are they free? No, they're 10 points each. Yeah, so you wouldn't be able to upgrade that. Cannon. You have to keep it the auto cannon, but you can upgrade the other thing to the missiles for free. Right. To the Skyfire missiles. I, I just think that that's fairly brutal. I mean, the only other super heavies you can really fit at under that are other knights, um, a Typhon, a Cerberus. The and Ty the a Typhon's kind of out of the game at that point. Is it? I mean, yeah, it's no. Like, I, I really don't see a Typhon. How many points is a Typhon? Um, most people put the last cannon sponsons and armored ceramite on it, and yeah. that makes it four hundred and fifty-five points. Okay, like so, you get a seven-inch straight ten blast. Yeah, no cover, ten yeah. two. 
10 a 10 one i think 10 one yeah see i can't like that does not hold a candle to the poor fire on in my book like no and see the, the other thing the more i thought about it is it's kind of weird like if you look at it compared to a warhound it's only one less hull point than a warhound yes and they have the same armor they're 14 13 12 which is the same as a warhound okay both super heavy walkers, so they have all the same rules, basically. Right. Um. No but it's two. Fields. Yeah. Two. I guess it's. But basically, you're paying two hundred and fifty more points for a warhound so to get one hundred twenty-five points of void shield. Basically, well, you get you get the one extra hole point. So let's say and, that's fifty points. And so other than the other than the D weapons. Other than the turbo laser arms, right? You could argue that the Porphyron's firepower is better than any other loadout of a Warhound shooting wise. Yeah, I could see that. And I mean, I guess if you want to do the double, I mean, I don't know, like double double plasma annihilator or double plasma. Well, I'm talking the D weapon, the turbo laser, the oh. turbo laser destructor. Like, but D's, I mean, everybody knows. Well, not ever. I guess some people like it. I, it's kind of cheesy for four d shots versus so if yeah for 250 more points you're getting i guess what i'm saying is the only like is if unless you're just being that guy that takes all the d on the warhound which everybody like the, does yeah <laughs> well i wouldn't say every, like i i don't i've know. never played a warhound that wasn't <laughs> double d double yeah. double turbo laser yeah but that's just that's the 40k mentality bleeding over yeah I could see running one like if you're one like to me a quote unquote competitive warhound like where I draw the line is probably plasma turbo laser. I don't think I would go double turbo laser unless I was playing like 40k or trying to prove a point. I don't know, man. Two quarters, two quarters is that answer? Two quarters in a dreadnought drop pod. Oh yeah, well, we. I mean, there's ways to take kill all that stuff. I mean, it's not that big a deal, I guess. I don't know. I just think it's weird, like. It, uh, I wish they'd have made it 505 points where you like you had to take it at at least a little bit. You couldn't get to it till like at least, tw- you know, like 2250. Yeah, 2250, well, 2250. Yeah, some people play, play 2250. I just don't know that I want to see it running around 2000 points. Like, I personally am not worried about it, but it like a 2000 point or less where you can just take one of those. You know, I could see a lot of people like maybe getting into the game and not having a lot of models and going to like a little local event and then having to fight something like that. Yeah. Where if you look at the other super heavies that you can get at 500 or less, they're just not, they don't have that level of firepower. I mean, that thing's harder to kill and has way more firepower than both a Cerberus and a Typhon and any of that other shit that's cheaper. But can still be shut down by a Venator. Yeah, or a Cerberus, I guess. Yeah. I think you can take the plasma, whatever the plasma super heavy tank is, the storm, Stormblade, Stormblade. Yeah, I think it's under five hundred, but that's like with no. I think it's like four, four something with like no upgrades, just naked. Hmm. Yeah. I think I, I could see where people would have like, especially newer people, if they're playing at two thousand points, they'd have problems with it. Just because, you know, their army list is probably more well... I mean, even then, I still see, like, 
a, a melt of vet squad killing it, you know? Oh yeah. Like if that's a hundred percent going to happen, if you don't protect <laughs> it or bubble wrap it or whatever, if somebody comes in with a drop pod and gets out and sneaky peach you and gets you five guys in one arc and five guys in the other, you're that's lights out. Well, I, I don't think you're living through that. Yeah. And if you're playing 2000 points and you have, you know, a quarter of your army tied up in Porphyron, I can't imagine you're going to have a lot to bubble wrap it with. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I just, and, and I, it's not a big deal. Like I said, I don't think it's horrible. I can't wait to see one on the table, man. That's what's up. No, it does. It looks cool. It's a very cool model. Nobody in my local area has gotten one that they're talking about yet. I thought Surprise about Josh. Well, I guess Josh doesn't own any knights, does he? No, he has knights. He has an Asheron, actually. That's it. Now that I think about it. He has an Asheron and a normal little knight. Our game club here, there's a couple guys that have them. They don't they usually just play like a one off. We we got a couple guys with the troposes. That's the one we most see the most common one we see here. Oh, sorry. That one dude, going on. That one dude runs Questorus Knights list, right? The one that well, was Scott, on the swamp board. Scott Schweitzer has one, and then that's Lemmy. He's from Tennessee. Okay. He's down there by where Samson lives. He came up for that event. But he's got an all-night list. We got a couple guys like Jacob. We got three or four guys that have them. They just don't play them very often, if ever. Yeah, I, uh, the last event we played, uh, it was the Golders event, man. That Questorus list, I didn't get to play against it, but I really wanted to. But it's kind of one of those things where the one team picked a table and the other team picked a table, and that's who you're playing. And the only way you got to get out of that is if you were paired up against the same person. Yeah. But so I, I never got the random effect of like being matched against that Questorus list. But <laughs> that it, it's so hard to prepare for a Questorus list. It's so. It's not. Hard. It's hard to prepare for that and prepare for standard armies. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Like, like in a like in a in a like like tournament setting or like narrative setting, like you cannot build like a well-rounded army that's capable of just like murdering fucking knights. Like you can. It's just like I I have no like my salamander army that I like my twenty-five hundred point salamander army will tool a knight army. Like I'm not worried. Like you're de- like you're you're. I'm fairly confident you'll be tabled by turn three. Really? Yeah, I, I'm not worried about any night list, and I don't really know what they're going to do to stop it. Hmm. If they're playing all nights, like even if they just gunned you down. I'm drop pot army. Where are they going to gun? I'm going to come in, get out, shoot them, kill a bunch, and then get out the next turn and assault them, and kill a bunch more. So your drop, your anvilus or drop pod? A mixture. Okay, because they move twelve inches. Yeah. They just book it. Just go. Just I have a bunch it. of drop pods. There's this thing called board coverage where you can put drop pods, different spots where you can't get away from all of it. I'd be interested in seeing that. Like, what I, are you I, gonna do? Shoot my fire drakes with a bow cannon? I will laugh at you. I don't know, man. A tripos are a thing. Or, or the Melta, the Melta, the Melta gun. Well, that's what you do. I have two machine killer Melta squads. So you find the ones that are going to be a pain in the ass to deal with, and those are the two you slag, turn one. And then you come in with your uh, 
you're getting four drop pods turn one. Right. Um, so two, two, two of your knights are dead. You're not going to be able to stop me from killing them if you're running all nights. I don't really know. You can, you can give them the thing that gives them a, is there one, there's one that gives them overwatch. Maybe it gives them interceptor, but because of the way walkers work where it's only certain arcs. Right. Like I, you're not, uh, it's not going to stop me. It's just not. So two, you're losing two knights. Turn one of my choice. So unless, you're gonna be you, left. unless I give you first turn and held my stuff in reserve. Uh oh. Um. Then you're anvilising, I guess, and at that point, and then when he come in from reserve, then. Well, that particular um, list, yes. That being said, um, you can prevent that. There's there's sneaky tricks you can do to prevent that. People are gonna see it stiff. <laughs> I I would love to see you tool a night list with your salamanders. I think it can I do be it my black. My black shields will do it too. Strength ten ain't no joke, son. Yeah, strength ten. Like, oh, here's my sergeant with a power fist. That's that's a dead knight. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know. I'm not worried about knightless with those two armies. But I feel like my salamander list is obviously well rounded. I mean, I can kill pretty much anything with it. But it's like the one list I have that. Like I'm just honestly 100 not scared of a knight army. Does that list have Vulcan in it? Yes, dude. Vulcan is fucking brutal. That's fuck. Well, he's strength ten, AP one, armor bane, strength fighting at initiative five. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know for for sure. That last event we played, uh, the game that I played, it was Salamanders versus my Dreadnought list, and. I ended up taking the mission just based on victory points, but like I had to keep feeding Vulcan. Like I could not like he was. Well, that's the other thing. Like we've talked about this in the past, other than close combat, the only night that really like threatens Vulcan at all was shooting. Not count. Well, the Porphyron just came out. Yeah. Is the Atropos. Right. But the rest of them, so the one has a plasma lance, which can't hurt him because it's plasma. The the other one has a Volkite weapon. It gets halved, so it needs sixes to wound him. And then I think it's only AP3. So he gets his armor save. The flamer one can't hurt him. It's only strength seven. It goes to three. It's tough seven. Can't hurt him. Um, the battle cannon one can hurt him, but it's not AP2, so he's getting two up armor saves against it. So he gives like, oh, I you I take two wounds. Okay, well here's my two up saves. I don't really care. Um, so I'm trying I'm trying to think of the other ones. The Gatling gun one is AP three. It's strength six. So it's only fives to wound him, and it's AP three. It does have rending, but you're fishing for sixes, and then he gets a three up inball save or a two up armor. So I mean, like, it just that one guy is going to be a pain in the ass for their army to deal with. And then you're talking, I got fire drakes in the army, I got these melt vets in the army, you know, I got all this other shit that's also, like, if any if any of this stuff, t- I got three units that if it touches you, it's death. And, you know, it's all in dread claws that you have to get them out of, which night shooting's not, like, I've seen, like, whole, like, armies, tons of shooting, shoot at dread claws and not be able to kill two dread claws, so knights are pretty limited 
on firepower. Honestly, each one only shoots a couple shots. Yeah, it's it's they're good at charging, but it sounds like in that army, once you charge in, you basically step on a fucking landmine, is what it sounds like. If you yeah, I mean you're, you're gonna yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So you got two units of fire drakes like with nothing but chain fists and storm shields, and then Vulcan running around. Like that's three dead knights if you engage those in close combat. On top of the two that are already dead from my melted guns. Yep. There was fire drakes in that list that I also had to fight. They were not fun. Nope. I had to bump up my Cortis to initiative five. And then I took a few with me, but there was one chain fister that just beat the fuck out of everything. But for a lot of armies, like an all night list is a nightmare to deal with. If they're just building like a like my my Blood Angel list would probably uh now that the depends on it whether you play Meltabomb FAQ or not, without the Meltabomb FAQ, a full night army would be pretty rough. Like I'm pretty confident I could kill one or two. N- not too bad, but then you you know, you just start running out of anti tank at that point to consistently take out several a turn or fast enough before they start killing your anti tank. I'm trying to think what would be like just a good solid unit to I guess machine killer vets in drop pods. Like really machine killer vets or land speeders like really seems like the only like every You can you can do them. the planes like lightnings and shit, but if they spam out like just a, just one of those like if they just have like a knight with that silly auto cannon on top, it's not a big deal. Like that's not enough. But if they like do like uh God damn it, I'm so sorry. Why am I forgetting your name? I talk to you every day. Lioness over at uh, Northern Heresy. Okay, yeah. Like he put those auto cannons on. He runs a whole, his knight army is all the Stompy Knights, I think, are mostly Stompy Knights, the shorter ones. I call them Stompy Knights. Yeah, Kostoris chassis, yeah. Yeah. And he runs auto cannons on all of them. So that's enough flack to where if they just have like a couple lightnings or whatever, you're going to at least make them jink every turn, if not shoot them down. And, and even then, even lightnings, even if they unload all four of their missiles, I mean, it's one night, and it's not even guaranteed at that point for super heavies. No. And that, that's kind of like, and that's your load. That's what you got. Right. That's what I'm getting at. You're going to run out of any tank. I don't know. I guess And killing them in close combat, like with Vulcan and... Um... The cataphracty, you're guaranteed to kill one, but the problem is if it blows up and you get a shit scatter or you roll too high on the table, a lot of times you can lose your unit to the fucking D explosion. Mm-hmm. Or and they, and they also stomp simultaneous with you hitting them. So sometimes they get that lucky six and remove your fucking unit. Fuck. So I'm not a fan of D and stomps. Just not. <laughs> Just don't like those mechanics. Crunch. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. that yeah. that slowed us down. I felt like we were yeah. going too fast, so I was like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let me throw some throw some night talk at Ryan. There you go. So, anyway, we got voicemails, dude. Let's hear them. We got Let's six voicemails. voicemails. Good job, guys. Y'all really stepped it up this time around. I think one of them is a question, so that that should uh, should help this Christmas episode. Let's go ahead and see. So you ready for this? Well, while you're getting that ready, what are you doing for Christmas? Just typical family stuff? Yeah, me and my uh, my parents, we have uh, 
steak and crabs le- crab legs every year. Huh. We're ordering we're going over to my grandmother's house. Uh like all of the grandkids and my cousins and shit, like all the younger people in my family mm-hmm. are all going over to my grandmother's house tomorrow and ordering pizza and it's just gonna be like all the grandkids and my grandmother to like tomorrow. Yeah. And then um or not tomorrow on Saturday. And then Sunday is Christmas, so we'll do the, you know, I'll go see my dad and I'll go see my in-laws and stuff like that on actual Christmas Day. Badass. But my grandmother's a blast, dude. I wish you could have met her when you were up here. She's fucking funny. Like, really funny. (laughs) Like, old lady funny or like? No, like, like, just really super outgoing. Kind of a party animal for as old as she is. It's pretty hilarious. (laughs) Like, haha funny or like, Rita Regna funny? I'm just kidding. I wish I could have met your grandma too. Your gam gam. I don't know what you call her. Grandma. Oh, okay. I'm not like Sheldon from Big Bang. Meemaw. <laughs> don't talk about Meemaw. All right, dude. You ready to listen to this voicemail? I'm ready. All right. Here it is. Number one. Hey, guys. This is Josh up in Tyler. Uh, a couple questions for y'all. Uh, first one, uh, it has to do with the Dreadnought Talon. Uh, rules say, uh, when they're deployed, they have to be placed within six inches of each other, but afterwards operate independently and are not treated as a vehicle squadron. But my question is, is, uh, for kill point games, do they each count as their own unit, uh, uh, kill points wise? So... Or do they still count as a Talon, meaning you have to kill all Dreadnoughts in the Talon before you get the kill point for that uh, unit entry? Uh, Second one is kind of just a preference. Um, Do you guys enjoy uh, Legion insignia on the shoulder pad modeled on, like uh, you get from Forge World, or uh, transfers? Uh, So that's it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, fuck transfers. Uh, on to the next question. Um, <laughs> no, I definitely prefer molded shoulder pads. Like, I don't... Well, if you had the choice, why would you ever, in your right mind, use a transfer? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I use yeah. both, but I don't know if I have a preference, but... Oh, I do. Like, what... Like, that's that's the fucking nonsense. I got to drag out my bowl of water and this fucking Q-tip and these tweezers and little scissors. Like fuck that. I've done it before. I do decals, but I hate them. If if I could get anything 3D molded, I'd go that way. I do everything in my power to not have to use transfers. I believe it. Ten four man all day. I uh yeah it isn't. I don't have a preference. I mean I'll go either way. <laughs> um, as far as this question. Um, I mean, I, I would, I mean, and, and once again, like who fucking knows, like it's, you know, games workshop or whoever could always make some weird ruling where it goes totally whatever. But I, I have always, and would always rule it where they're each their own kill point. Yes. Um, and I guess the precedence for that would be, uh, in 40 K you can combat squad, a tactical squad. Like you, you buy them as a full ten man unit, but then during deployment, you the split them into two. Yeah. yeah, and they're two kill points. Or if you buy a dedicated transport for a unit, <laughs> it's still it's still taken as a single slot. But obviously, that transport is counted as its own second kill point. 
I'll tell you, I do it. Um, so I count them as each an individual kill point. And by doing that, that I also feel that because I'm taking that drawback, I should get the benefit of them being able to capture if they're taking as troop choices. Well, yeah, they would. Like they're treated as separate units. So yeah. when it—that's the key wording. Like treated as separate units. I mean, they would be—they're separate units, so they're each individual separate kill points. Yeah, so that's how that's how I play it. Now, apothecaries are weird because they're inside. They, the unit. well, they become part of the unit that they can't leave. So to me, like this is an argument that we've had. Like we don't we don't really argue. It's just like we kind of talk about like how you treat it because it goes back to what he's saying. Like if you take three apothecaries as a single choice, do you have to kill that whole apothecary coven to get the kill point, or do I? I look at it that they become a permanent member of whatever squad they join, and then okay. once that squad dies, you just get one kill point for that squad, including the apothecary attached to it. Like it doesn't. Basically, the apothecary is not worth kill points because he becomes a permanent member of another squad. But then, if they kill like all three units they were tied into, would that be plus one victory point in y'all's no. mind? Or no, no. So that that's just like because he's not a unit. Like you can't just take an apothecary and run him around on his own. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. He, he, as soon as you you have to buy him, and then he has to be assigned to a unit, and he just becomes another member of that squad, like a sergeant or anything else. I see where it comes from. But I mean, I, that's that's just me. Like I'm making that. I'm not saying that that's a ruling or whatever. But to me, that's how it it, it makes sense in my mind that it works that way. Because like once he joins a unit, he just becomes like an upgrade for that unit. It'd be like you know killing a guy with a las cannon or killing a sergeant or any other unique member of the squad that doesn't grant you a kill point. Yeah, it's good to check with your with the people you're playing against, guys. Especially when you're especially if you're running only one apothecary. Might want to check, especially when it comes down to like if attrition is part of your, a part of your, uh, your mission and all that jazz. Right, man. Dude, I never think about that shit though. It's like he brings it up now. No. And he's like, fuck. I've never even considered. Well, the dreadnought thing. I think that's pretty. To me, it's cut and dry. Like I wouldn't even sweat that. Like I mean, it's to me, it's obvious that they should be individual kill points. It's the apothecary one that's kind of weird, just because he becomes a permanent squad member. That can right. never leave that squad, and that, and it says he's treated as a member of that squad that he cannot leave. So that's why I feel like he just gets absorbed into the unit, and it's just one kill point. That makes sense. I agree with you on that one. So hopefully that answered some part of your question, Josh. He's up in Tyler, Tyler, Texas. Is what you meant by Tyler? Okay. So it's over there by Dallas. So hopefully that got your question answered. Let's see this next one. Here's a good one. Because of your ceaseless bitching on the last podcast uh, about not being sworn at, fuck you, Ryan Kimmel. Stay in your lane. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh, what do you say? Love the show. Love from Colorado. Oh, love from Colorado. <laughs> Thanks, man. I love that shit. It's so funny. How can you be so angry with all that weed? He's not angry. It was a friendly fuck you, <laughs> so I love it. All right. Here's another one. Hey, guys. It's AJ from uh, Victoria, BC, Canada. 
uh, you know, just listening to the last episode and Michael, you know, thrown at this Twitch channel, sounds so sexy, and you guys end with that, you know, deep jam of just what what's going to be on this channel? Is it going to be, you know, Kimmel, you know, throwing down some Emperor's Children model tassel, nipple tassels, you know, doing some slow jams kind of thing, like... That's what's going on. Kim will stay in your fucking lane. <laughs> so you, you're like, how could you be so angry with all that weed there? Are you sure that does British Columbia have legal weed? It sure sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> that is one mellow dude right there. That dude is I love it. super mellow. Super mellow. He actually sounded like your buddy Scott. <laughs> like <laughs> a little bit. Kind of weird. So yeah, man, on the YouTube, ch- or the, I'm sorry, on the Twitch channel, uh, I can't, quite i can't quite say what it's gonna be but it's definitely go look up 30k tv on twitch go ahead and follow it good things will happen trust me the 28th will will be like the first day we kicked that off so i can't tell you guys just yet it might be ryan and nipple tassels i don't know i haven't talked to him about it yet it seems like yeah he's he's nodding at me that he will do it he's He's putting them on. Oh, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna wear like one of those like stripper cocksock things. And just be <laughs> doing fucking helicopters till the cows come home. Just like fucking forty five minutes of me helicoptering right on the lens in a in a Mark IV helmet. In a Mark IV. Helmet. <laughs> <laughs> so that way it's horse hairs related. And I'm a little white dude, so it's a pretty sad helicopter. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. <laughs> it's like it's one definitely of the- a. Uh, What's that fucking... One of those little battery-operated fans that you take No, like no, 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 it's flag. not that small. It's like the fucking... Uh, the Robinson... It's like the Robinson R-22 of helicopters oh. or whatever that is. Like yeah. the little, like... Is that what they are? Yeah, that's what it's called. Robinson yeah. R-22. Yeah. Little baby helicopter. <laughs> fucking trying to make me a goddamn model kit. Kidding me? <laughs> now I'm offended. All right, so here's the here's the next one. This one, this one you've heard already, but oh, good lord! <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I'm gonna turn up the volume a little bit. Sorry if this blasts out. Let me know if it's blasting out on you, Ryan. Hey guys, you used to be so important to me, but then I went to the cat plays and you weren't there. I went to look for tenderloin. Have a nice day. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah, we love you too, bud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta love you like. too. Sleep with a shotgun. Love you too. So he said, "I went to I went to Indiana, and Ryan wasn't there. I went to Texas. I am here, and you weren't there." He's like, I went to the cat place. <laughs> and you're right there. I, went, <laughs> right there. I went to go he get <laughs> So I don't know who you are, buddy, but appreciate you listening to the show. Does he dance in the front of a mirror in a robe <laughs> like this. <laughs> it puts a lotion on the skin. <laughs> With the fucking fruit basket tucked out the back. <laughs> so there's that one. Good time. Fuck me. That's I'd the- fuck me. <laughs> That's the absolute kind of voicemail I wanted, fellas. <laughs> like, I, just, I need y'all to know that. Keeping it weird. Like I can't wait to like. It's like, hey, dad, check out this voicemail I got from my podcast. I told you we're doing. <laughs> my dad be like, you quit that fucking shit right now. <laughs> anyway, so got this one. That's like a preview for my movie. A preview. Rednecks in Max. I believe that was Tim. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking funny. Uh, All right. Here's the last one we got. Was that a couple legal teens calling? Yeah, yeah, a couple legal teens calling in. You know, our plan's working to just send them snacks to shut them down to where they'll be oh, addicted yeah, to we COVID. gotta we gotta get at some point we have to have more episodes than them so I can fucking rub it in their faces. We gotta like so I'm so glad they're doing this hobby sabbatical because we're gonna like gain a bunch of ground on them. Like, you know what, fellas? You heard it here first. RFI twice a week. <laughs> Twice a week. <laughs> yeah. Three times a week. You got to catch them fuckers. <laughs> We're just going to blow past episode. America. <laughs> America. <laughs> I 
I keep sending you sweets. You see, boys, we're conditioned for good food. Like we're American. You can't let the Southern Hemisphere pansies out podcast us. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, <laughs> so, speaking, of the, speaking of great Americans and things that are awesomely American, did you see uh, Jake Busey from Covenant of Fire's fucking Christmas sweater? Yeah, dude. How AR glorious was that thing? It was glorious. I love it. I was gonna wear. Really I was gonna wear my Christmas sweater uh, for the podcast so you could see it, but I didn't. One day, me and Jake are gonna meet each other and rub each other's bellies. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you told me this. Yeah. Just take a picture. I want to rub your belly so bad, Jake. I just, I just want to rub it. Every time I see your belly, I want to rub it. Coming in a fire, people. Go check out Jake Busey. He's <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's uh, secretly gay for him. Yep. Hey, I just want to rub his belly, bro. Yeah, I know. It's all right. A man can't rub another man's belly. No, you can. It's just <laughs> it's just the implication of doing that. It's not your, it's not your fault. We live in a weird time. <laughs> Ugh. Joey Diaz, I'm eating too many egg whites. <laughs> All right. So let's go on some lists. Okay. Knock this out. So, so first things first, the first list we're going to go over is this Death Guard Black Shield list here. And I just want to start off by saying, the, the guy that sent this is named Matt. And he titled it, Fluff whack for a 30k newbie. So, so we, we just, just forwarded it. We just forwarded it to Ivoris. Like, like they're the fluff whack. <laughs> like you messed up, Matt. You messed up. You missed you missed the wrong podcast. I feel like we were on a chain letter that you sent to Ivoris and just attached us. I don't know. But we're not the fluff well, those, guys. Those two those two we just went over this. Those two cunts, they don't do enough episode down there, and they're always <laughs> slacking on their email. So what happened was he he sent them, he probably sent them this stupid fucking email however many times, and those and Tim and his imaginary friend that doesn't really exist, Michael, you know, they just they don't do it. They just didn't do it. So he had to he he had to had to come to us so that we could rescue him. They're but he didn't up. change he didn't change the title of the email. So it's pretty obvious what's going on here. He's all they're over there busy talking about cryptids and shit. They can't help me with my Death Guard and Black Shields. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Matt. Ryan took care of you on this one. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and Matt. I'm I'm not gonna use your permission on this. I'm just gonna post your fluff on here because I think everybody deserves to read this fluff. Uh, but I'm I'm not gonna read it out just because you put so much of it. But uh. This is what the email says. It says, hey, Michael and Ryan, I've been listening to you guys for close to three months, and I've been listening in a frenzy from the newest to oldest. Uh, I was hoping you guys could help out a beginner. I have included my fluff for a Death Guard Black Shields idea below, and I'm looking for an idea on how I should build a 1K Zone Mortalis and a 1.5 Open Table Force from my available units. Thanks, guys, for all you do for the hobby. So he says, with the background, which I'll post on our Facebook page, I want to be able to play Death Guard or Black Shields as I really enjoy both backgrounds. I want to start out with the Zomortalis Force and hopefully expand from there. I was hoping you all could help me with fleshing out a small 1,000-point Zomortalis list and a 1,500-point list. As of right now, I have two Kalth boxes, a Leviathan Dread, nice, 15 Breachers, 
I love the models and understand they aren't that great now with the multi multi bombing taken away. Uh, ten destroyers and finally ten Mark IV Marines with a starty shotguns because as Tim said on I Force podcast, post humans running around as Omortalis with enormous shotguns is just badass. As I am brand new to the actual hobby, not the fluff, I'm a dude looking for dudes in the Philadelphia, Wilmington, South Jersey area. Uh, I'm willing to travel for some fun. Thanks, guys, for any help with this, and keep up the amazing works. You guys inspires an innumerable hobbyist around the world. Thanks again, guys. So where's well, traveled in traveled to Indiana? We'll play as much much as you want. <laughs> so like South Jersey, like is that Philadelphia? Where's Wilmington? I don't know. Like I feel like it's UK stuff. Like I feel like that might be. What do you mean UK stuff? He like, says he's from fucking New Jersey, man. He says South Jersey. Yeah, but Philadelphia or fucking okay, Pennsylvania. Yeah. He's, in, he's in Delaware. Okay. Yeah. Philadelphia. Okay, that's all. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it's all. Yeah, man, you know how all those northeast well, it's cities the, all the, sound the original like... thirteen colonies. Man, they're all crammed together over there. <laughs> they're all stuck on each other. All stuck together. Liberty bells and shit. <laughs> Fucking wearing powdered wigs and having town criers and ringing bells. Exactly. So Matt, dude, since you're in that area, I would highly suggest getting a hold of Mark Rayleigh. Or Nathaniel Fassberger, any any of the graying legion guys that run Adepticon. I'm not sure if you're going to be at Adepticon this year, but get a hold of any of those guys. They run events in your area all the time. They run great events. Solid dudes out there. And well, uh, uh, Ryan Bridges that did a a uh, battle report on here. Mm-hmm. He's from out east. I think he's in Virginia, maybe. I know it's not that it's not that far of a drive for him to get to the Nova Open, and it's yeah. in Arlington. So I don't know how close all that shit is. I uh, I know I live in the United States and I should know, but I've never really traveled out east. So yeah, dude, it's not that far of a drive. If you're willing to drive, man, I would get a hold of Mark Rayleigh. Uh, definitely just hop on the Adepticon um, Horse Heresy group that's on Facebook, and you'll see a bunch of those characters I'm talking about. And the Nova def- open too, because the like the Nova's in his area, so I yeah. would get on the Nova site and see if you can find anybody there that may be close to you. Boom, knock that out, and then maybe you can take this thousand point list Ryan's about to drop on your ass. Yep. But so, so basically, I got two thousand point lists because basically what he's wanting to do, he's wanting to build an army that will represent both Death Guard and Black Shields at the same time, where he can freely switch between either running them as Black Shields or running them as. Um, Death Guard. And in his fluff, he likes the loyalist character uh, Chrysos uh, Morger, the guy that's in book one. Okay. So I made sure to include him into the Death Guard list. So we'll do the... These are are both Zone Mortalis lists. We'll start with the uh, Death Guard first. So I use the special character, the section leader uh, Chrysos uh, Morger, uh, as the HQ, which he, in his fluff, I mean, it like he says he wants to use that guy, so we put him in there. Um, so for troops, it's a 10-man breacher squad. They have a flamer and a melt-a-gun, and the sergeant has artificial, art, artificial armor. <laughs> artificial armor. <laughs> artificial armor. Artificer armor, uh, power scythe, the Death Shroud power scythe, because he's Death Guard, and melt-a-bombs. And that's your uh, compulsory troop 
Um, Breachers are actually pretty good in Zone Mortalis. I'm not a fan of them on the open battlefield, but they actually come into their own in Zone Mortalis, especially if you take the uh, the Zone Mortalis Rite of War. Unfortunately, this special character guy um, doesn't have Master, Master of the Legion, Legion. Yeah. so I couldn't take it. This list that I wrote him would work as a Zone Mortalis uh, uh, Rite of War. So I just used this guy because it sounded like he wanted to use him, but he could uh, swap this guy for a Praetor easily if he wants to run that right of war. I wasn't just going off his fluff. I, went, I chose to go with this guy. But just so you know, um, Matt, you could just drop this guy for a Praetor and run that right of war, and it would actually make this list function slightly better, but it's, it's still going to be the same units. So um, you only have to take one troop in... Uh, Zone Mortalis, so we're going to jump back, we're going to jump right into Elites. So for the first Elites choice, it's a 10-man uh, veteran tactical squad. They have the uh, Marksman upgrade. Uh, two of the 10-man guy, uh, two of the 10-man squad have Flamers, so two Flamers in there. And then the Sergeant has Artificer Armor and power, Death Shroud Power Scythe. Um, and you'll use these guys' uh, outflanking ability. Because you have to start half your units in reserve. This will probably be one of the units you start in reserve and use that outflank ability. So the next elite choice that I selected was a Contemptor Cordis uh, Dreadnought. And I just gave it a Power Fist and a Chain Fist. So I figured he could just take his uh, Kalth Contemptors. and Because he's got two Kalth boxes. Just cut one of the fists up and convert it where you can put both fists on one model. And... You can just replace the fingers on the fist with the little chain bayonets you get with Marines or find any type of chainsword bit or whatever to make it look like a chain fist. You can make it look pretty cool. So it's just a uh, base cordis with two combi bolters in the fist uh, with one chain fist and a power fist. And then for the third elite's choice, it is five cataphracty terminators. The sergeant has a power scythe. Uh, two basic guys have power fist and two basic guys have chain fist. And one guy has a heavy flamer. And then the heavy flamer in that unit, the two flamers in the veteran unit, and the flamer in the breacher squad, you would obviously give them all the chemical flamer upgrade. Death Guard. So what you'd probably do in this particular list is start, because you, you get to start half your units on the board. There's four units. First of all, you'll probably try to find a stratagem that gives you a free unit. I really like the Fire Wasp or whatever for Zone Mortalis if you're playing with stratagems, which I highly recommend you do. So if you take a Fire Wasp, that gives you five units, which allow you to start three of these things on the table. So then you could start like your um, Terminators, Cordis, and Breachers on the table and then put your Veterans in reserve and then outflank them, which they're really good at. Um, the other thing you might look at is flanking Counter Assault for a stratagem, and then you can flanking counter assault your dreadnought. I've, I've always had good luck with that. So just a couple thoughts. So that's your thousand point death guard zone mortalis list. So as far as running these same kind of models for uh, black shields. So in his fluff, he had a chaplain and this uh, Chrysos Mortiger guy. So I don't know how he wants to arm the chaplain. If he wants to do terminator armor or power armor, he didn't really say. So I just, put him in uh artificer armor so uh, safe but it <laughs> yeah so anyway so the, the the thousand point black shield list is a chaplain with a his crozius is an axe 
Um, he's in artificer armor. He has melt bombs and a boarding shield. That's my standard chaplain loadout for a power armor chaplain. That's how I always run mine. For the first troops choice, it's uh, 10 marauders, black shield marauders. Um, the sergeant has a power fist and an Astarte shotgun. Uh, one member of the squad has a flamer, which will be a pariah flamer. And one member of the squad has a melt gun And then all the other guys have chain fist and shotguns and bolt pistol. Well, I guess the whole entire squad has bolt pistols. And then, so they're all going to be dual armed, essentially. So you pay for the shotgun upgrade. So there's going to be seven or eight shotguns counting the sergeant, and then a flamer, a melt gun and then everybody has a chain axe and bolt pistol. Pretty cool unit. Um, for the second troop's choice, you, uh, you've already, the marauders are your compulsory, so you can jump into non-compulsory troop choices. So I took a tactical support squad. So it's just eight tactical support marines, um, and they all have, they just keep their flamers, except the sergeant. The sergeant is going to trade his flamer in for a power fist and augury scanner, and, um, art, and he's going to take artificer armor. So it's seven guys with the flamer and then one guy with artificer armor, power fist, augury scanner. The reason I went with that is because I think he's going to use the chimera upgrade with the plus one toughness, plus one strength. So this is basically just getting a strength 10 power fist of the unit. What's the augury scanner for? It just automatically comes with it. He can't use it. It's oh, okay. well, actually in zone mortalis, it's actually good. Cause remember it prevents infiltrators within 24 inches. Okay. Yeah. Or 18 or whatever it is. But it's almost an entire Zone Mortalis board if you put him close to the center. So you're not going to be able to use it for any type of intercepting, but you'll be able to use it to prevent guys from infiltrating right up on top of you, which yeah. is pretty good zone. Uh, so then we're going to jump into Elite. So his first Elite's choice is a five-man Terminator unit. Uh, the Sergeant has a Power Axe, which will be the Power Scythe guy from the other Death Guard list. You just repurpose the model and just say it's an axe. Um... And then two guys have power fists and two guys have chain fists. So it's literally the identical Terminator squad from the other list. You're just going to call the power siphon axe, basically. Um, then he has a veteran tactical squad. Um, it's a it, They're going to be a 10-man squad with marksmen. Uh, they have two flamers, and then the sergeant has artificer armor power fists. So once again... This is essentially the identical squad from the other list. You're just repurposing it. And instead of the having kin flamers, they're going to be pariah flamers. Which, nice. Which with have Torrent and, and Zone Mortalis is just fucking nasty. Well, they're going to be Shred and Zone Mortalis, and then got to remember their sniper vets. The sniper, uh. Torrent, <laughs> Shredding flamers. So good luck with that. Uh, so then for his third elite choice, I just uh, took an Apothecary just with Artificer Armor Power Sword. You'll probably put this Apothecary with your uh, Marauders. So, with these two lists, so this list has your Shotgun guys in it, the other list has your uh, Breacher guys in it, and then this 8-man Tactical Squad with Flamers, that's going to work well as Death Guard or um, Black Shields, Black Shields yeah. because you can run them as the Torrented uh, Pariah Flamer, in a black shield list or run them as kin kin munition flamers in a standard list. So it's going to work for either army. The five man cataphracty squad is the same in both lists. The veteran squads, the same in both lists. And then I just threw in an apothecary. I don't know if you had, it was just because you're trying to build a thousand points. You wound up with like 70 extra points. There's not really a lot you can take. So I just thought, ah, apothecary, especially if you're doing the, the toughness, five guys, uh, having an apothecary in a unit of tough five guys is pretty fucking 
Savage. You gonna throw him in the uh, Pariah Flamer unit? I'm guessing you could put him in there or with the Marauders, uh, with the Chaplain. You could really put him. You could even put the Chaplain with the Flamers or with the Marauders. However, you wanted to do it because you can attach. You can choose to attach him at the beginning of the game. Yeah, just remember those Flamers get hot. Right, right. So then he said he wanted to take them up to 1,500 points. Both these lists up to 1,500 points, uh, so he can play them outside. So he doesn't. You basically. In, when you start playing outdoors, like nor, a normal game, and you're not Zomor Talus, you pretty much have to put stuff in transports. And I noticed on your list of models you have here, you didn't list any transports. So basically, the 500 points that I'm telling you to add to this, add your to your collection, are essentially just transports. So for the uh, Black Shields list that we just talked about, if you wanted to take that up to, to 1,500, what I would do is use that Cordus Dreadnought from the original Death Guard list, the one with the Chain Fist, Power Fist, to just dual um, combi bolters. So put him in the list, and then get a Dreadnought Drop Pod to put him in for a standard game. Uh, then buy two normal Dread Claws, and you'll you'll be able to put two units in those Dread Claws uh, out of that Black Shield list. So one of them, you'll probably want to put the Terminators in one, and then you can either put, and then I would probably put the Marauders in the other one. And then you're going to need a Rhino with a Multi-Melta. And you'll put the Flamer guys in the Rhino. So that's going to get a transport for everything in that army and add in the Dreadnought. That's exactly 525 points. The list that I read out was only 988. So you're going to be like 15 points over. So what you're going to do is drop just one Marauder and make it a nine-man squad. And then you can put your Chaplain in there with them or put the Apothecary in there with them so that they'll fit in the Dreadclaw. And that'll get you right at 1,500 points. And put everything in a transport. If you're going to do this with Death Guard, you would basically just do the same thing. You would buy the Dreadnought Drop Pod to put the Quartus that you already have uh, in the army and the Dreadnought Drop Pod. And then you would just take the two claws and put the um, Terminators in one of them. And then put the uh, either the Breachers or, or you put the Breachers in the other one. And then you would put the where's that? Let's go. Got it here. I had this all worked out in my head. In my head, my head's a confusing place. That's why. <laughs> Too busy thinking about Jake. Jake rubbing his belly, rubbing Jake's belly. All right, so that's what it was. So you'd put the Terminators in one claw, and then you'd put. Uh, the the breachers in the other claw and then you would put the contemptor cordis in a dreadnought drop pod and then you would buy a rhino for the veterans and then you would still have a few extra points to play around with so you could probably put that apothecary from the black shields list in this death guard list but anyway that with these two lists and then the little add-on i said of vehicles that's going to give you a very good core to run either your Black Shields or Death Guard with a lot of crossover where you're not having to paint a bunch of shit. Really, the only thing that's not crossing over is I made the Breachers specifically for the Death Guard list and the Marauders, obviously, specifically for the Black Shields as they're the only ones that can take Marauders. But everything else crosses over. Yeah. Definitely gives you something to use those uh, badass shotgun Marines with that Black right. Shields list. 
So hopefully that's what he wanted. Um, if, if this doesn't work out or if I got something wrong or if I didn't understand your fluff correctly, um, just hit me back with another email and uh, we'll go through it. But I think that'll get you what you want, honestly. Like I, I wouldn't I, – I like both these lists. Like I think they're both solid. I would love to see that Black Shield. I, I've never even really considered how solid Black Shields in Zone Mortalis would be running the Pariah Flamers. Oh, yeah. Like, now now I'm thinking about it. Like You know who has considered it? Who? Me. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Sniper sniper veteran pariah flamers with, uh, yeah, this is so funny. That's a solid fucking unit, man. That's a scary fucking unit. Well, and even just like a full, just imagine, well, I mean, I I got him in the uh, army there, uh, just the 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 eight the squad of eight flamers with torrent and zone mortalis is going to be ugly too. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, hey, can you please take uh, forty five armor saves, please? Like, yeah. <laughs> just I don't even really have to. Me- okay, I'll put the templates there. Not a problem. <laughs> the fact that they don't scatter is like just nasty, and then so it's just like bam, 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 bam. Yep. And they're all marksmen, so. Well, they're not the the sniper. Those the marksman vets would be the 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 sp- tactical support squad would just be standard. They'd be shred. No, oh, well, I guess I was thinking, man, dude, that's like as good as Mordathan, like straight up. Yeah, better than Mordathan because Mordathan don't have torrent. Yeah, it's fucking nasty. So I hope that helped, Matt. Love to see some some pictures of those Death Guard black shields. So. Good for those on the way whenever you get a chance. So next one on the list is a 2,500-point Iron Fire list. This comes from Mr. <clears throat> Colt Johnson. He says, hey, guys, I emailed you a Quartermaster Iron Fire list in the previous email. I've been working on this for one for a while, tossing things back and forth. I read the short story Iron Fire and immediately knew I wanted to use this right of war. I tried to represent it as an assault force similar to the one in the book, but instead of the Ornatus battery and Spartans, I went with Land Raiders and Medusas for obvious reasons. I think I've kept a pretty fluffy list while making it a tough nut to crack. Here it goes. He's got a Warp Smith and goes in the Command Proteus with six Weapon Master vets, which are strictly for modeling purposes. Uh, Siege Breaker goes in the Damocles Command Rhino with Iron Havocs and helps keep the Medusas and Rapier battery safe against deep striking nasties. The 10-man vets will go into the Proteus. The game plan is to have the Siegebreaker siege slash Havocs deployed with the Damocles and the tax squads in Rhinos in support. I will run the tax squads up and use their Nuncio boxes to start calling in my first barrage shots. Depending on what I'm going up against, I can either scout the Land Raiders up to assist with the barrage or keep them in reserves. Either way, I've got the Command Vox uh, Relay to help without flanking Land Raiders and Exploratory Augury Web to control the enemy reserves. Any alterations or ideas will be welcomed as always. Poke holes in it and find the weaknesses. Thanks, y'all. So, go ahead and read off this list. What we got going on here? So he's got a warp smith, which is an artificer armor with a paragon blade and a thunder hammer, master crafted. Uh, he's also got digital lasers and, of course, server arm. He's got a siege breaker who is, has two phosphex bombs, artificer armor, a power fist, and a refractor field. Hmm. Okay, yeah, he's got Arfus armor, okay. Uh, then he's taking a Damocles Command Rhino with just extra armor and a Heavy Bolter with Shrapnel Bolts upgrade and a Dozer Blade. 
He's taking a 10-man tactical squad. The sergeant has artificer armor. He's taking a rhino with extra armor and a heavy bolter. Uh, then he's taking another 10-man tactical squad. The tactical sergeant has artificer armor. They are also inside of a rhino with extra armor and heavy bolter. He's got two rapiers, both with quad mortars. What They count as one team, though. He's got a warsmith honor guard. Uh, it looks like he took the... Okay, so he called them warsmith honor. It's, it's actually six veterans, but he calls them the warsmith honor guard. Yeah. Uh, he gave them five power weapons and the weapon masters. Uh, the veteran sergeant in that unit has a thunder hammer and artificer armor. Then he's got a 10-man veteran squad that took a... The sergeant has a thunder hammer and artificer armor. And I believe... I guess these are also weapon masters? No, nah, one of them sniper or marksman, sorry. So it's got to be marksman then. I yeah, he, he told me... Because I talked to him, they're marksmen. Okay. So then he has an artillery tank squadron, two Medusas, both have Phosphex shells, both have extra armor. Then he's got his Land Raider Veteran Squadron, which is a land... I'm sorry, Land Raider Battle Squadron. Uh, he's got a Land Raider Proteus. He put Dozer Blade, Auxiliary Drive, Extra Armor, Armored Ceramite, Twin Linked Heavy Bolter, and Exploratory Augury Web. Uh, then he has another Land Raider Proteus with Dozer Blade, Auxiliary Drive, Extra Armor, Armored Ceramite, Twin Linked Heavy Bolter. And then five Iron Havocs, all with missile launchers. The Sergeant has an Augury Scanner. So... What'd you change up, Ryan? What'd you do? Okay, so this is what I did for Colt. Well, first I I, I messaged him. We talk on Facebook every once in a while. Colt's my homie. So I hit him up and asked him if I could get rid of the Havoc squad. I actually really like Iron Havocs, but I just didn't feel like... I don't really like them in a five-man squad. I feel like if you're going to take them, go ahead and take the full ten. Balls out. Yeah. Um, And I'm... Just was I'm not a fan of them in Iron Fire just because they're expensive, and when you take Iron Fire, you want to take as many barrage weapons as you can to get the maximum benefit. Right, and they're they're not barrage, and then they take up a heavy support slot, which is where most of the barrage weapons are at. And because he's also trying to fit land raiders on top of barrage, it's just that heavy support slot is too important to be spending on some infantry dudes. So, uh. So I asked him that, and he said it was fine to get rid of him. So this is what I came up with. So I swapped the war gear around a little bit on his original Warsmith. So I came up with uh, Warsmith with Thunderhammer, Paragon Blade. The Paragon Blade's Mastercrafted. He's got Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Servo Arm, and Battlesmith. Remember how he had the Weapon Master Vets that he put the guy with, the Warsmith with? Right, his Honor Guard. So instead of taking Weapon Master Vets... I took five uh, uh, a c- actual command squad. Okay. So the reason is a command squad already has weapon skill five, which is what weapon master gives you. Yep. And then uh, the command squad is in artificer armor the entire squad, as opposed to power armor. And huge upgrade. And the and you get the banner that is a fearless bubble. And then on top of that, the guy who holds the banner has an extra wound. And so if you take a command squad, a five-man command squad, uh, with uh, five power weapons in it, it's the same price as the weapon master 
vets. No shit. But you're but you're getting them in artificer armor with an extra wound in the unit and the banner. Now you do lose implacable advance with the scoring, but I feel like it's only a small unit anyway, and you're using it as a bodyguard for your warsmith. He and then the, won't be scoring anyway. <laughs> like his right. primary concern is not scoring objectives. Right. So the other thing that the other big benefit that this gets him, if you noticed in his original list, he had because he ha- was really shy on heavy support slots. He had both those land raiders and a squadron. Mm-hmm. This allows you because a command squad can take a Proteus as a dedicated. dedicated. Yeah. So, um, it it he could I I didn't end up taking them in a Proteus, but I'm just saying like it would have allowed him to take his original list. And just by doing that swap, he could have gotten the Proteus as dedicated as opposed to having to waste heavy support. Now, I did not do that. So anyway, so f- going back to the beginning, I'd have that Warsmith, and I have five Space Marine chosen, the command squad, to go with the Warsmith. And uh, four of them have power weapons. Then the standard bearer, the two-wound guy, has a power fist. Um, I would have gave him a Thunderhammer, but that's the other thing, is the command squad doesn't have access to a Thunderhammer. He could model it as a Thunderhammer, say it's a power fist, or just put a fist on whatever he wants to do. But it's pretty much the same thing. Um, so then for the second HQ, I took a Siegebreaker, and the Siegebreaker has a Phosphex Bomb, Artificer Armor, Power Fist, Refractor Field. And then for the third HQ choice, I took a Damocles Command Rhino. Uh, for his two troop choices, they're both identical choices. Uh, it's a 10-man tactical squad. Uh, with no upgrades, just a base 10-man squad, and then they're in a Rhino. The Rhino has Dozer Blade, Extra Armor, uh, Pinnel Mount, and Multimilta, and that's times two, so he's got two of those Rhinos with the tax in them. Uh, So then his Elites, jumping to Elites, his first Elites choice is going to be a Rapier Battery with two Quad Mortars in it, Um, and the Quad Mortars are uh, upgraded to Shatter Shells and Phosphex Canister Shot, so two Phosphex Quad Mortars. His second Elite slot is another battery of two Phosphex Quad Mortars. Uh, they're, they, so they're basically the same unit, so it's Shatter Shells, Phosphex Shells, and the normal frags. His third HQ slot is another Rapier battery, but it's only a single Rapier. <laughs> so it's just one Rapier with uh, Shatter Shells and Phosphex. And then his fourth Elite slot is five... Uh, tactical uh space marine uh, veteran tactical so it's just a, a five-man squad and they're machine killers um three of them have or four of them have combi meltas and one of them has a melta gun and the sergeant has artificer armor so it's five machine killer vets all melted out for his first heavy support slot um i took his medusa battery that he had i did not swap for the phosphex here's the thing so when you upgrade a when you put the Medusa, when you upgrade it to Phosphex, I'll, I'll read you exactly what it says. It says, Medusa siege tanks in the army may exchange their normal shells for Phosphex. So if you take this upgrade, you lose the Strength 10 shell and you just totally replace it with Phosphex, but you can never fire the Strength 10. Oy. So I don't like that upgrade. I, I'm not a fan. Now, that's why I put more quad mortars in his army and upgraded them all to Phosphex. So in his original list, the Quad Mortars didn't have Phosphex. So in this list, I s- kept the Strength 10 shells on the Medusa because I like those better and then put all the Phosphex on the Quad Mortars because he can alternate shooting. Right. Different shells. 
so anyway, so it's his his standard his artillery tank battery they had before with the two Medusas. Only they don't have phosphax. Then for the other two heavy support slots for the first one, I took a Land Raider Phobos instead of a Proteus. Um, and this Phobos has Dozer Blade extra armor and armored Ceramite. And this is where his command squad and uh, Warsmith will go. And the reason I went with a Phobos is because they can assault out of it. Because you got this squad that's decked out all with, you know, power weapons and a nasty Praetor. I don't. I wouldn't want to drive up in a Proteus and then wait a turn. Wait a turn and get out and stand with your dick in your hand. So this will allow him to assault right away out of it. For his third heavy support slot, uh, I took a Land Raider Achilles. And the Achilles, I upgraded the quad launcher to have Phosphex okay. and put a dozer blade on it. And then this Achilles, because it holds um, six guys, he can put the five machine killer vets in the Achilles and then also put the siege breaker in there to give him tank hunter. I like it, man. Have you played anybody that runs an Achilles? Like, have you? I've never seen an Achilles on the table, to be honest with you. Nope. No, but I just figured. So this is my thing. So because it's Iron Fire, you want as you know decent amount of barrage weapons. Right. So if you look at this, he's got the Damocles Rhino with its one shot barrage. Then he's got five quad mortars. He's got a battery of two, a battery of two, and then a single battery. Mm-hmm. And then he's got the pro or the uh, Achilles with another barrage shot. So it's quite a bit of barrage. And then when you when you add phosphex on top of that, you got to remember that. The way Iron Fire works is you only like if you're you can only scatter a D six and then at some like if you're within so many inches or whatever. I got it right here. I can read it. But because you get to move it, you get to subtract your ballistic skill and then also move it another two inches. It's essentially never going to scatter. Right. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it makes uh, Phosphex extra nasty when you start combining it with uh, Nuncio Voxes and all that. See, that's the other thing is the Siege Breaker comes with a Nuncio Vox, so you can drive up in that Achilles and get him out, and then he can spot for all the quad mortars. There's a lot of synergy. That invincible Achilles. Why does anybody yeah. run Achilles? You know, I was just telling somebody today, I think I'm going to build a Blood Angel list that has three of them in it. Do it. I think I want to build a list around three Achilles Land Raiders with three Machine Killer all melted out vet squads in each one. Hmm. Use the Land Raiders to kill infantry and then use the vets to kill the transports or what? Yeah. Very cool. I like that idea. You should do that. Um, let's find this uh, Iron Fire. Okay. So the way it works is... Barrage weapons targeted at any point within 12 inches of a friendly Iron Warriors unit only deviate D6 instead of 2D6. So the idea is going to be to rush forward with the Rhino units and the two Land Raiders and get them out. And then if you put any of those blast markers within 12 inches of any of those guys, they only deviate a D6. Mm-hmm. But then you're going to be able to use your ballistic skill uh, because the... You're going to be able to subtract your ballistic skill because of the Nuncio Vox on the Siege Breaker or just being able to draw a line of sight yourself. And then you're going to be able to move it another two inches based on the fact that it's Phosphex. So, like, the shit's just never going to scatter. It's like unscattering, what, six inches? Like, yeah, I don't know yeah. how fucking scatter. Yeah, because you only scatter a D6 and then you get to move it. Then you're subtracting four from that and then getting to move it two. Yeah. Um. And then once it once you resolve it, you leave a counter on the board, 
And then in any subsequent barrage attacks targeted at any point that is within 18 inches of one of the counters and within six inches of a friendly Iron Warrior unit do not deviate at all. Um, which they're probably not anyway. If a shooting phase passes without any new Iron Fire counters being placed, all such counters and player are removed. That's not going to be an issue because you're shooting so much barrage. If you lose all your barrage units, you're pretty much dead anyway. And then on top of it, any Iron Warrior units within six inches of any of these counters are fearless. So all those guys rushing forward should end up being fearless. So I feel like this list that I wrote for him really fits the fluff of what he's trying to do and has a ton of synergy. Yeah. Did, did you talk to about that uh, that command squad? What's up with that? What about it? Like, what's his fluff behind that? Like, he seems pretty adamant about having it in the list. He just, I think he just liked the way it was modeled. Like, he just wants to be able to model a unit with, like, a variation of close combat units or whatever. Like, close combat weapons. Just some dope-ass dudes protecting their warsmith. Yeah. So... But I, I, I like those guys, like a unit like that definitely needs a Phobos over a Proteus. Yeah. Oh, and, and because of being able to uh, drop the Iron Havocs, I was able to put the two Land Raiders where they, they don't have to be squadroned up, which is nice. So, anyway, that's what I came up with. I dig it, dude. I like it. It's, it's a little... Um, it's a little heavy on the Phosphest quad mortars. It's Iron Fire, man. But it is what it is. It's got it's got six Phosphex quad mortars in it, counting the one on the Achilles, which is probably two more than what I would normally go with. But like you said, it's kind of kind of is what it is. The Iron Fire. Uh, people expect it. I wouldn't worry about it too much. All right, next up on the list, Clash of the Tetons. So this comes from Connor from Colorado. So he says, The Clash of the Tetons approacheth, and I want some feedback on my list that I plan to bring for the Loyalist. Okay, so this is the Arnanthian Assault Group 2250 list. So he's taking Julian Furious, the Force Commander. Uh, he's taking Gene Crafted and Warrior Elite, Discipline Master Cadre. He's got four Discipline Masters, two with Melta Bombs. The Harambe Assault Unit, which is five Ogrens, rec- represented by AT-43 Carmens. Those are the Gorilla guys. Yeah. And Carapace Armor, Power Weapons, Power Mauls. He's got 20 Grenaders, which he's using Sisters of Battle with Bolters and two Melteguns. The Casual Gorgon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to put the Grenadiers in. It's dedicated. It's fantastic. Three squads of Militia with last guns. Sergeant have power weapons. Two Vanquishers with last cannons and each of the Sponsons. Oh, yeah. I forgot they can have Sponsons and they're heavy. Two stock Lehman Russes with last cannons. One Demolisher with last cannon, heavy flamers, and standard chump rust with a last cannon. How the army plays depends on who I'm fighting. The one constant is the Grenaders and the Gorion. They are accompanied by a Disciplined Master Cadre and the Harambe Assault Squad, who are joined by the Force Commander. Since you can't charge out of a Gorgon in 30k, the Grenaders fan out so that the apes can charge through their charred corpses after they lay down a punishable fuselade. 
The gene crafted in power maul combination means that they're hitting with five attacks each at strength eight on the charge at initiative four. This unit will have some support. Has this unit with some support has worn down red butchers and assault before Angron did what he do to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, not all those monkeys. Or Harambe. Dicks out for Harambe. <laughs> the militia squad are accompanied by disciplined master cadres and can either push forward or hold back field objectives. Due to the dream crafted, there are no slouching combat. The tanks are my primary anti-tank. The Vanquishers can gun after hard can gun after hard to kill targets. Lehman Russes can hunt medium to heavy armor with some luck as well as deal with power armor. And the demolisher and its shield rust can go after heavier targets at close range or heavy infantry. I have frankly stupid amount of Imperial Guardsmen. Who doesn't? A few more standard Lehman Russes I'm not using. A pair of Basilisk Earthshakers I could convert into field guns as well as a Punisher I could proxy as an Annihilator. I also have about 25 more Carmen, so I could go full retard with Harambe Assault Battalion. Never go full retard. Uh, I think the list will provide a good game, but if I, you see any glaring errors or things, let me know. I love your show, and I dig the feedback you cats give. Stay hard, Connor. P.S. If you guys end up visiting Colorado, steal yourself. You'll want to move here. So I keep hearing, man. I've got a bunch of friends in Colorado. I bet it's beautiful. I've been to Utah, and it was beautiful. And it's, I bet it's fairly similar country. So anyway, man. What'd you what'd you break down, man? Okay, so I didn't like go through and like redo this whole list. Like his list is fine. Um, I like it. There's just a few little things I just wanted to bring up that he can to think on. So he was talking about taking that Gorgon and then throwing a bunch of guys in it, like putting the grenadiers in it. It's obviously dedicated to them, but then putting extra shit in it. Right. So if he was playing me or I was running a tournament, I wouldn't care about that. But the problem is it's kind of like another rules conundrum with this kind of the, the theme of the episode is we keep finding these little rules things. Okay. Because a Gorgon is dedicated to that Grenadier squad, if you read the dedicated transport rules, it specifically states that no other unit may begin the game in another unit's dedicated transport. Right. So because it's dedicated, I'm not sure... It's kind of weird because a super heavy vehicle can hold more than one unit. Right. And he is putting the unit that it's dedicated to in it. He's just putting extra shit in it. Right. So I feel like the rule was written so that you couldn't take like a dedicated land raider for somebody and then and not put them in it and then put someone else in it. Right. So that's kind of the that's the spirit of the rule of how it's intended, but it unfortunately it bleeds over into this scenario because it's dedicated even though it has extra space and you are allowed to put extra units in it. You theoretically, rules as written, can't put units in it to start the game. Gotcha. Now, you could put them right next to it, and then on turn one, Hop in. get in it. Right. But if somebody embarks in a vehicle, I don't think it, can move, it can't move flat out or something on the first turn or something like that. And then if you get second turn, uh, obviously they can shoot all your guys standing out of it before they get in it. Definitely. Now, that being said... Like I said, if you played against me, I'd let you start in it. Like, I think that's kind of, like, it's kind of one of those rules that's intended rule. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird scenario. Right, I gotcha. I understand completely. But it, 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 here's, I mean, to be honest, what I would totally do instead of fucking with all that is go get myself a Stormlord and just put him in a fucking Stormlord because it's not dedicated. And you could put whatever you want in it. Party hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to make him aware of that. Um, the other thing, uh, I wanted to talk to you about is the warrior lead upgrade. 
it's not bad. I, th- I feel like it's one of the weaker providences. I don't know if he picked that for like a fluff reason. And if he did, that's fine. Like, you know, no argument there. Like if it's like a specific fluff reason, if he just did it because of rules though, it basically what it does is all eligible units receive plus one to their leadership to a maximum of nine uh, militia levy squads in any army with this providence count as support squads. Well, he didn't take any levies anyway, so that part doesn't matter. I guess my thing is he's got these discipline masters he's putting in every unit anyway. They already increase your leadership by one when you put them in a squad, and I believe discipline masters are leadership eight themselves. So when you put them in a unit, the unit becomes eight because they're in it, and then it goes up by one because of the rules, so it's nine. And this only allows you a maximum of nine anyway, so I don't really see where he's getting a benefit from it. Okay. So, what would you replace it? What would you drop it and replace well, it? Well, he could pick anything else. Um, if he's wanting something leadership based, I my favorite one is the Alchem Jackers one. Um, all units with this providence do not suffer negative modifiers to their leadership in an assault. So they're basically stubborn in assault, which, like I said, all his guys are going to be leadership Assaulting. nine. Yeah. And, and his ogrens and stuff are assaulty. Um, on top of that, if they fail a morale check uh, owing to casualties in the shooting phase, instead of fleeing, they just become pinned. The nice thing about becoming pinned is you still score objectives. You're not fleeing. So if you're on an objective near the end of the game and they shoot you and you were to break, instead of like fleeing off the objective and counting as destroyed at the end of the game because you're fleeing and also not scoring that objective, instead you just become pinned, which you're still scoring the objective and you're not counting as destroyed when the game ends. Damn. And that's cheaper. That's only a 35-point Providence as opposed to 50 points. Also, with Alchem Jackers, you can have the option of buying Frenzon for any unit in the army. Um, it's 25 points for a unit or 50 points for Ogrens. Uh, you gain the Rage special rule. So he can make that Ogren unit have Rage. Brilliant. For 50. <laughs> yeah. So... Personally, if he's looking for a leadership upgrade, I feel like the Alchem Jacker is the better way to go. But, I mean, he might look... I mean, you could do anything. You could do, you know, Cyber Medics. You could do Feral Warriors. Like, if he's looking for Assault, Feral Warriors is pretty good. Um, any of that. So, I just... I would take a second look at that uh, Warrior Elite. And when you look at what you're already doing with the Discipline Masters, I, I don't really feel like it's warranted, I guess. Gotcha. I understand, yeah. And as far as just a leadership ability anyway, I feel like Alchem Jackers is straight up better than Warrior Elite for less points. Now, but like I said, he may just like have it in his mind because he's taking Warrior Elite plus Gene Crafted. It's just like he's making super soldiers and he might just like it fluff rise. And if you're doing it that re- for that reason, rock on. You know, no argument here. Yeah, I think sometimes you just got to take a step back and like, get somebody else like i would have never thought of that had you not brought it up to be honest with you so good job because the way discipline masters read it specifically states if a model with this special rule joins a unit the leadership value of all models within it increased by plus one to a maximum of nine plus or maximum of nine but if it fails a leadership test a re-roll can be made. If this is done, the unit suffers D3 wounds at AP dash. These wounds may be inflicted, may not be inflicted on an independent character, the Discipline Master himself, or uh, Auxilla Medicaid orderlies. 
So what that reads to me, because he becomes part of the unit, then it increases his leadership as well. Because it says if a model with this special rule joins a unit, the leadership of all models within within it, which he's now in it, go up by one. I got you. That so, makes sense. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, plus, you're getting to re-roll leadership check, and then with Alchem Jackers, you're becoming stubborn. Like, well, we went over all that. I just feel like that's a better of what he's trying to do. Um, and then getting to the Lehman Russes, I'm not a fan. So on his Vanquishers, he's put uh, Sponsons on him. Yeah. I'm not a fan because, like, if you – I guess if you're not moving them, the Sponsons are okay. But it, it's my understanding. I think on Militia ones – They're heavy. We'll just look. They're heavy. What? What do you mean they're heavy? They're heavy tanks. They count as not moving. Uh, no, they got the heavy rule isn't what you're thinking anymore. Get your rule book out. It doesn't do anything for you. It just all it does is give you a drawback. It doesn't give you anything, bonus wise. Heavy, heavy vehicles. Oh, here we go. So the only sponsons you can put on these things are heavy bolters, heavy flamers. So you got your main gun is the Vanquisher cannon, and then on the hull you got a Laz cannon. There's really nothing you're going to be shooting those two things at that heavy bolters or heavy flamers are going to be worth a fuck against, so I wouldn't waste the points on the sponsons. For purposes of determining which weapons a heavy weapon, a heavy vehicle can fire and at what ballistic skill, heavy weapon vehicles are always treated as having remained stationary. So like... Is that- is that the most current rule book? Yeah. Oh, that's for heavy weapons. You're talking heavy vehicle. Heavy vehicle. That's a heavy vehicle rule. Heavy okay. vehicles can never move faster. Read that again. I can't see your fingers over it. So, for moving heavy vehicles, heavy vehicles can never move faster than combat speed and can never okay. move flat out. However, okay. shooting with heavy vehicles, for the purposes of determining which weapons a heavy vehicle can fire... And at what ballistic skill, heavy vehicles are always treated as having remained stationary. Uh, Solar Ox doesn't have heavy in their Lehman Russes, but militia. These guys do. don't either. They, they have it on their militia Lehman Russes. Yeah. I don't see it on here. Where would it? Unit type. Oh, there it is. Unit type tank heavy. Yep. Okay. So they always count as stationary. All so, right, so but but once again, like I said, it doesn't really matter. It's just more the um. Well, you can fire all three last cannons and your vanquisher at the same time. Well, you can't take last cannons on the sponsons. Well, that's what I'm getting at. You can only oh, take heavy okay. bolters or heavy flamers. Gotcha. So what I'm saying is, you're shooting a vanquisher cannon and a last cannon, most likely at a vehicle, and then you've got you're stuck with these heavy flamers and heavy bolters that aren't going to be doing anything. Right. Yeah, you're right. I guess for like maybe how many points is it for heavy bolters? Um uh, that's heavy bolter. Twenty points. Fuck. That's way expensive even for insurance. Yeah. For like weapon destroyed results. Right. And then what I was getting at it, what I was thinking on the heavy vehicle wasn't moving. It was the ordnance rule because it used to it used to be you could fire ordnance weapons and still fire other guns in the in the last edition. Right now, snap uh, fire. Right, so like on his his demolisher that he has, 
and his stock Lehman Russes, there's no reason to put sponsons or upgrade the whole weapons to last cannons on those, in my opinion, because you're always going to be firing that ordnance gun and then all that other shit's going to have to snap fire. I wonder if, th- does heavy, oh uh, no, yes, I guess it, yeah, I guess that doesn't make a difference. Yeah. So, what I personally would do is keep the two vanquishers, get rid of the sponsons on them. What, what's the cost for heavy flame responsons? Ten points. Ten points. Mm. But what are you... Insurance. Not to lose my fucking Vanquisher cannon if you get a weapon destroyed. Oh, well, if you're going to do that, though, just buy... I think they could take... Stubbers for five? Well, you could take a 100-killer missile for five points and just not fire it, or you could take a pinnel-mounted heavy stubber for five points. Okay. And both of those... Like, the 100-killer missile will come in more handy than heavy flamers anyway. Right. So with the stubber... (laughs) Yeah. Shoots further. So I guess what I'm saying is I would just strip down those to basically the main gun. The Vanquishers, I would put the last cannons on. If you run any type of Demolisher or Stock Russ, just leave them stripped down to their bare bones. And then, to be honest, I like his idea of converting the Basilisk Earthshakers over to the field guns. Dude, the Militia field guns are so disgusting. The Medusa ones with the breacher shells are out of control. Mm-hmm. Some of the best anti tank. Well, they're strength ten. They're small blast. They go from large blast to small blast, but they're strength ten, AP one armor bane, and they shoot forty eight inches instead of thirty six. <laughs> and then the crazy thing is, because they're artillery, the gun is tough seven, and you always have to lose against the toughness of the gun. So yeah. the unit's tough seven, but you can buy. It comes with. Th- uh, you put like what, six th- dudes, right? Look, I'm trying to see how many it comes with. Uh, each with it comes stock with four crew members, and then you can buy an additional three per gun. So that's seven crew members, and then the gun has four wounds. So each gun's going to have eleven wounds. Mm. At tough, tough seven, tough to seven wounds, yeah, yeah. And then you just throw that down in some ruins somewhere, where it's getting uh, four up cover. You're gonna have to assault that to dig it out. You're not gonna be able to shoot that to death. I dig it, man. I so, would definitely swap those suckers out, especially if he's willing to convert them. From what it sounds like, yeah, and they're not that expensive. I think these field guns we're talking about, the Medusa guns, are a hundred points a piece. So uh, take two of those. That's two hundred points, and then just get rid of. What I would do is take the two stock Lehman Russes with last cannons. Just ex- cut the barrels off and extend them with some tube or whatever and make more vanquishers. So run four vanquishers and then drop the demolisher and the other standard dress and swap those out for the artillery battery. Yep. That is. And, nice. and you may even consider uh, you could get rid of, because at that point you're going to have four vanquishers. You could consider dropping one Vanquisher in the Gorgon and then just trading that in for a Stormlord so you don't have to deal with all the bullshit we said, plus you get a Stormlord. Do it. Get Stormlord's way worth it. Because you, at the Stormlord's four, at the Gorgon, I think, is like three. What is it? What, did he give it any? He just has it a stock Gorgon. Still like 300 points, I think. Right at 300. Dedicated. Yeah, Gorgon is 275. I don't know if he has any war gear on it or whatever. But 
So he'd need another two, basically 200 more points, and he could take a Stormlord. So, yeah, if he drops a Vanquisher, uh, I mean, you could just mess around with some points there. I was just giving him ideas. Like, I didn't, like, really go through and rewrite his whole list other than what we talked about on here. But I like the army. It's very cool. I like the monkeys. It's probably my favorite part. The Harambe yeah. Assault Squad. Yeah, for sure. Um, plus, if he runs the Stormlord, you can assault out of it because it's open top. It's brilliant. So not only can he put as much crap in it and not have to worry about somebody rules lore in him about what can go in it, what can't when the game begins, you can assault out of it. And these models he's talking about using for his Ogrens, they're actually gorillas? Yeah. Hmm. They're gorillas in like a suit of armor. That's fucking legit. Could you imagine like a giant tank rolling up on you and all you hear is <laughs> in there and you're just like, what? And they come out and they got malls. <laughs> what the fuck? Gorillas in armor with malls. Yeah. yeah. Just all you hear is, oh, oh Amy, good. <laughs> Amy, <laughs> Amy, good. <laughs> Pretty legit. <laughs> Man, I haven't seen Congo in so long. I like the uh, what I would do because it you don't have to go with the same power weapon. I was gonna bring bring this up, give like three of them power mauls and then give two of them power axes. Just so, I mean, just two with power axes is still like ten AP two attacks. So you go in with the mauls that fight at initiative, just like weight of numbers, and then the other two back it up with a bunch of AP two attacks with the axes. Sounds good, dude just to mix it up a little bit so that you don't end up running into like a Terminator squad and just throwing a bunch of wounds on them and then they make a bunch of chip saves. <laughs> yeah. That way you have some sort of AP2 in the unit. Right. You don't have to go overboard. Like, there's so many attacks per guy. Just a couple dudes is fine. It would be either... It would be overkill either way you went with it, so... I get what you're saying. Right. So, anyway. That's that. I would definitely like to see some pictures if you got them. Shoot some pictures our way so we can post it up for your Clash of Tetons list. I'd like to see some of them monkeys, Connor. Or maybe it's just some pictures of Colorado. That'd be fucking sweet as well. I'm pretty sure you're a photographer. Colorado's hey. pretty artsy. What? Did you did you get uh, everybody's uh, pecan brittle to them? No, it's still sitting in my fridge. Everybody's busy. So bad. I figure, like on the twenty eighth, whenever we move in to the uh, to the Studio. new office, yeah, everybody's gonna kind of be together. So I'll hand it out. There you go. Just making sure everybody gets it. I just can't have you have you eaten it all and then just make me out. make me look like a bad dude. Like, why'd you send Michael like four boxes of this brutal and we didn't get any? <laughs> oh, that's exactly how it's gonna work out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man, it went bad in my fridge. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I guess I had to eat it all. No, but yeah, I figure on the twenty eighth, whenever we're moving in to our new office, we'll uh, I'll uh, start distributing it out because I got a little mini fridge. I'm gonna throw in that office. So cool. We'll have brittle in there and all that jazz. Brittle and candy corns. I don't know if I'm gonna take my candy corn, but you know that's staying here. Michael says. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be like on the uh, instead of like the set shit called. The with the the meal plans where they like send you a meal, so many x amount of meals every month. Our meal plan is going to be like x amount of pecan brittle and 
fucking candy corns every month. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the anti-healthy food plan. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it works internationally, people. Yeah. We need to do another cultural exchange pack. With who? Or who? I say we I say we write everyone down on my wheel and we spin the wheel. Let's do it. I say yeah, let's do it. Let's do it next episode. Next episode we'll spin the wheel and we'll see which podcast is going to get Which podcast? We'll write all the podcasts on there. Then we'll spin the wheel. We'll research what they have that what they can't have. Yeah. Or what they don't get. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. All right. Put it on the wheel. The wheel. The wheel of cultural exchange. And then, like, we can put, like, a, like a, a we'll talk about it later. I have, a, yeah. I have another we'll, idea. We'll figure it out. We'll get it figured out. So, anyway, guys, uh, appreciate you listening to this episode. I'm going to drop it probably tonight or not tomorrow. So, hopefully, you get it before Christmas so you have some stuff you can listen to for Christmas. You have some sweet sweet uh i have horse put out a super long episode too so ear presence uh also the combat phase podcast released their eight hour long megasode yep that should have I, plenty of shit to listen to over christmas yeah we're in there you just gotta find us we're in there deep so fucking deep deep we're somewhere in the middle so yeah, loving you, on bellies you can hear our voices everywhere apparently this week <laughs> three different podcasts you can hear us what other one well, I Horus, this one, and are you on it? Yeah, I'm in the you're f- on this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because they called you. Yeah, I was about to get mad at him because I was supposed to be on there for this other thing we're doing, and Tim was like, "Oh, we don't have time for you." <laughs> Fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> you were fucking. But up. I'm like, but you had time. You had time for Michael, not for me. It's bullshit. Did you hear? Did you did you watch the latest uh, live stream for uh, TFL? The la- last TFL live stream yesterday. No, man, I was on there. I kept clicking refresh, and I gave up at, like, 10, 15. Did you guys get on after that? I wasn't on. I was teaching a dude how to drone. How but, fucking uh, late did it start? Because I was on it. I set my alarm, and I fucking gave up after, like, it's supposed to start at 9.30 my time. Man, that's pretty fucking late, I'm guessing. And I was clicking refresh till about 10.20 my time, and nothing was happening. <laughs> so, anyway, Zach was talking about how he's going to go hang out with you after Christmas. Okay. And he's all like, Michael's going to get jealous that I'm hanging out with Ryan. He's going to just like call me more than he normally does. <laughs> like, just <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what are you, what, what well, are you and Ryan doing? Hopefully he doesn't get sick like you did and we can actually eat like tenderloins and do cool shit. Yeah. You know what would be amazing? If we get, like, if he's here and we get a crazy snow, like four or five inches of snow, I'm so. We're going to fucking Costco and buying one of those crazy sleds, the fucking steering thing, and I'm going to send you down the death hill on the sled, 100%, if we get all the snow. He was talking about that death hill. I'm pretty sure he wants to see it, at the very least. So, I'll walk him up there. We'll go up there. Yeah, Zach's all CrossFit and shit, so he'll fucking walk up that hill, no problem. Yeah. I'll take him up. We're going to go We're gonna go get tenderloins. We're going to do, do Indiana shit. <laughs> all the shit I couldn't do. He's gonna be all the surrogate. shit you couldn't do because you were sick. Ugh, I was dying. It's a difference. So, because you chewed on 
bottle caps and drink too much red pop and fucking candy corn like a two year old and got all excited and was- then puked up and puked all over my shower curtain. <laughs> <laughs> candy corn came later and you know that. <laughs> That's so funny. You're like my little dog. We got that fucking white crazy dog of mine and she'll eat a bunch of fucking uh just random shit. Puppy like whatever she can find on the floor, puppy treats, like whatever. And then she runs around like a spaz and then gets sick like a two year old that's like ate a bunch of soda and pop rocks like every she, fucking day. She, she does the yak. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And then she immediately starts running around like a crazy maniac again, like nothing happened. <laughs> fucking great. Well, all right, guys. Once again, happy holidays. Do you know? Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever, all the different things we celebrate. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah, we don't <laughs> care. Whatever. Happy holidays. We have. A we good do one, care. Guys. We do care that you have a good time. We want everybody to have good holidays. We just don't care what you celebrate. Yeah, man. We definitely want a picture. Saturnalia, you fucking ancient Roman shit. Yeah. You know that's where Christmas comes from, right? Christmas comes from a lot of different things. Well, yeah, but it was, we're not going to get into it, but obviously <laughs> because like Christ, most Christianity, like the current form of Christianity essentially springs from the, you know, Holy Roman Empire and the Catholic Church and all that. And at the start of the Catholic Church, they wanted to supplant all of the pagan religions like holiday. So the big holiday that they celebrated on December 25th was Saturnalia and they replaced it with Christmas. Well, they place they they basically like said like hey if y'all are gonna have this drunken party make it like at least about jesus do, at least do it about jesus's birthday and they're yeah. like what is jesus birthday they're like yeah yeah it is it just here. happens to be right on saturnalia yeah yeah here let's just start putting this cross in the christmas tree and y'all can still have y'all's drunken party but just make sure it's about jesus jesus and then uh and then did you know that the to the puritans like you can get fined for celebrating christmas until America got flooded with uh, with immigrants, huh? Like the, the Puritans, there was no Christmas. Like Christmas didn't make a comeback in America until we had the surge of immigrants coming in, bringing in their own Christmas tradition. And then the like legal, like it was illegal to celebrate Christmas. You get a fine for even like you know, because they were Puritans. You know, they didn't believe in this shit. They're and like then, the mayor from Footloose. Yeah, exactly, mayor from Footloose, and then. It, they just got so overwhelmed by like Christmas stuff by the by the immigrants that they're just they just like, gave up. Fuck it. Okay, fine. Got we'll down. just have we'll just have Christmas then. <laughs> yeah, damn straight all day. Santa will find a way. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little Christmas knowledge for you for you guys out there. We're gonna tell them bye again for like the fourth fucking time because we keep talking about silly shit. No, I'm just gonna cut to music right now. All right, bye. <laughs> Oh, there it is. <laughs>